shit, they know I'm here. You're listening to the Buzzkill Podcast. It is episode 172. Welcome to the Buzz to Kill podcast, where today we ask, Who the fuck is Doug? Who the fuck is Doug? Hellier, <laughs> season two. Oh, yeah. I am so beyond excited to jump into this. Oh, yeah. Because I love me some high strangeness, and um, I tell you what, I, uh, yep, I'm just into it. <laughs> yeah, I I, uh, I re-listened to our, 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 uh, our episode. So did I. For the first, oh my God. i listened to and we were harsh we were pretty harsh like i was we were i'm going into because like i definitely have my uh my critiques for this season Mm -hmm. but i'm going into like i was coming here today going oh man i hope i'm not going to be too harsh and then i listened to the first one i was like fuck well i think what it was (laughs) like this season i i there's very we, little that I have issue with. We were a part. Uh, we were a part of the the group of people that watched it, and we were a part of the group of people that uh, the New Kirks and Company. That's what we call them, the New Kirks and Company. It sounds like a sitcom sure. uh, <laughs> that they hated, and those are the ones that got all pissed off because there was no goblins. <laughs> oh, I think that we sort of fell into that only because they <clears throat> they sort of. They sort of framed the show around that concept, yeah. and then when the show ended up being about something else, I think that we weren't prepared for it. And it's, it's and funny. I've gone back and watched season one since. Yeah, and I love it now because I know where it goes. Well, that's the thing is I I haven't rewatched season one, but I I I think back on I think back on it now, mm-hmm. and I remember it fondly. So fondly, so like all of oh, the, I had a lot of fun with it. So all of the thing, well, I I knew that I liked it last year when we watched it, but I I really had a lot of issues with it when we were talking about it on the show. But all of that kind of goes away. Like when I just think about it in a general sense, mm-hmm. I think back on it and I, I'm like, yeah, I really liked it, and I was super excited for this season. I also really liked it. We'll get into more of it, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, I don't know, man. And I'm and I'm excited to see more. We I think I think like you said they like they always said that that season one was less of a season one as much as it was a prologue right. to the start of a bigger story right? right. And so I think that had they framed it that way maybe a little bit more from the beginning. But I understand they needed something to suck people in. What's sure. going to suck people in better than fucking little green men Goblins, around, right? Yeah. So anyway, we'll get all we'll get into all of that later on. But James, my friend. Yeah, my, my compadre. Yes, my sometimes padre. Mm-hmm. And weird role playing. Oh yeah, those. What's up? Those those times. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not too much, man. What's been going on with you? Not a whole lot. I've um. So I listened back, like I said, to the last week's episode, mm-hmm. um, as well as the Hellier episode. But when I was listening back to last week's, we had nothing to talk about, right? Okay. And I had mentioned we were talking about the uh, movie stubs the AMC stubs thing or whatever, and the movie pass and all that stuff. Yeah. And I'd said something along the lines of, I don't get to watch as much stuff as I want to watch because we do the show. It takes up a lot of time and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And I I listen to that and I go, fuck that. I'm going to start making time to actually watch all the stuff that I've spent so much money on, especially in the last three weeks (laughs) that is just sitting on my shelf next to us here, rotting away. So my last week has been, uh, has been, 
partly me looking forward to coming home from work every day to basically put on a movie once a night. Mm-hmm. And I've watched pretty much a movie every night for the past week. And I'm, uh, uh, yeah, I'm enjoying it. What, it's been my um, life. It's been a good life. <laughs> uh, do you on that app that keeps track of all your stuff? Yes. Does it does it say whether or not you've watched the yes, movie? Yes, it does. So what I so do actually. My question is, I use the collector's app. What percentage app? of these movies have you actually mm, watched? That I don't know. I'm probably at about 60, 40, 60 watched. Really? I buy so many movies though, dude. Like I don't. Maybe it's more than that. It's probably more than that. I don't believe you. No, I think you're right. I think it's probably way more than that. Probably like a maybe. 80-20 split. I know that's jumped a lot, but... Wait, that you've watched 80% yeah. of them? Yeah. No, I was going to go the opposite way. Oh, no, I mean, pick out a movie. Pick, pick out a movie here. I'll tell you if I've watched it. No, that's a dumb game. <laughs> the Roots. The That's not The Roots. It's The Roost. <laughs> yes, I've watched The Roost. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I just... This is so many movies, and there's so many movies that I know that you don't watch, that you haven't watched. Quite a few. I, I did rewatch the Ghostbusters, Paul Feig's Ghostbusters, the new yeah. one. I rewatched that. And? Not going to even talk about it because we're going to use it for a show one day. <laughs> okay. But I rewatched that. Uh, uh, suffice it to say, whoever the fucking genius was that decided to put the special effects outside of the fucking letterbox bars, I want to kill you. Uh, that's weird. I'm not promising murder here. But like, so I, it gives I, it like a like a fake three D yes, kind of vibe. And it is so incredibly distracting. Because not every because not every single like you can have an entire sequence right where they're where they're doing something not every single cut will have it yeah only certain angles will have it and it's horribly distracting why is it letterboxed anyway shouldn't it fit to your no, TV no widescreen is not uh, theatrical uh, uh, ratio uh, um, but hmm. yeah it's just really fucking annoying and then the ve- at, the, at the very end of the movie there's a, there's a scene in um, if you haven't seen the movie there was a scene in the trailer where Leslie Jones is on top of the other girl and she's like the power of Patty compels you mm-hmm. and she smacks her they did it with her character her head was sticking up outside of the frame it wasn't even a special effect they literally cut her character out and it's so dumb really it's so dumb that's weird um that being said, I'm not going to talk about the movie. Well, that'll be we're going to use that for for something someday. But um, what else did I, I watch? That I started digging into my Dirty Harry collection. I bet I have, you were digging into your Dirty Harry. Yes. How'd you know I named Mary? Uh, I've never. I, I've never. I've only ever seen the first movie. I had this big old box set. I've never seen any of the later ones. So I'm starting to dig back into that. Uh-huh. I watched uh, two movies out of that. Um, yeah. Just, just been. Just been. Just, just a real, just a real cool guy. You got a lot going on. Real cool guy. <laughs> just sitting Val- around watching movies. Valentine's Day's coming up. I got good plans to uh, go. to watch some even more Dirty Harry because. <laughs> <laughs> well, shouldn't you watch Val- Valentine's Day? Nah, I've seen that before. Um. Oh wait, there's a new horror-based Valentine's movie oh, coming out. Uh, Cupid. It's oh, right. Cupid. Isn't it called Cupid or something like that? The one that I'm thinking of is called My Valentine. Mm. It's uh one of those Into the Dark movies, um, on Hulu. Mm. No. That's what, that's the only one that I know that's coming up. I don't know, but uh, I thought anyway, it's a, where it was like a weird deformed Cupid, and he was like you know murdering people and stuff. I mean that sounds awesome. It I does. Sound I've, awesome. I've not heard of it if that's the case, but uh, I could be making this up. No. Well, while you're looking that up, uh, yeah, that that's basically been my week. I haven't done anything. Well, too... I also watched a movie. <gasps> yeah. What'd you watch? I went to the theater, <laughs> which you know doesn't happen very often. It, it doesn't. Yeah, we. What, uh, what, kind of, what kind of what what slasher did you see? Did you see? Uh, one of the new horrors that are uh, that are out. It was this crazy story about these sisters, and one of them uh, is like has these 
murderous tendencies because basically everything she touches this is real good <laughs> everything she touches turns to ice oh yeah is that a new x-men movie is it the new mutants? Sort of. did you finally see the new mutants sort of i saw frozen 2 uh, oh <laughs> I, was, I was so close <laughs> yeah um how did the family like it it was awesome it was our first experience as a family of four uh at the theater and it went very well nice uh it was us and maybe six other people so it was cool nice yeah, very cool. Kids both loved it. They both sat very nicely uh, and uh, just had a nice little family day. Nice. Kept the kids out. <laughs> the kids were out of school sick that day. Didn't we just say in the that's last... still we... going on. Yeah, my kids have been sick for a week straight. But didn't we just say the last uh, last week or whatever that we that we never had the kind of parents that would just call us out of school to go do fun stuff? <laughs> well, and this was this was different. They were at, they actually were sick and... and uh, well, she took them in public so they can infect everybody Well, no, else. no, no. They were getting over it, but it was like, it was kind of like the last day of being on the mend, and we are just like, eh, maybe they should just stay home one more day, and then, sure, we ended up going to the movies. There you go. So, yeah, sorry for anybody who sits in <laughs> row D, seats one through four, because you might end up with whatever my kids have. Yeah, it's, it's that uh, Chinese disease, right? Oh. The, Is that uh, what it was? <laughs> I thought it was a Mexican disease. No, it's no, it's from China. Um, coronavirus yeah the oh <laughs> <laughs> come on man come on come on all right it's the, uh, it's the virus where people taste you and you just taste like piss water that's dude it. that's it i i don't know man like i know it <laughs> what goes... a weird disease that would be <laughs> <laughs> what what smells like piss in here that's me taste me that's just me it's the corona what what are you talking about what are you pointing you, at you, you peaked am my i friend. clipping You're, you peaked Dude, we're uh, we're having some trouble with our mics tonight. I upgraded the program that yeah, we used, way to go, and uh, I think some settings got out of whack. So hopefully this sounds good for you guys. I guess I could keep my giant head away from my microphone for a minute. You would think. Um, <laughs> and, then I, and then I immediately start talking louder. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Um, what the fuck were we even just talking about? Piss people. Coronavirus. <laughs> I don't know. I made a dumb joke about a Mexican <laughs> virus. Uh, oh no! That, I, no, that I actually, is, I actually like, that, I actually like Corona during the summer. Sometimes it goes against everything that I stand for because my family is in the Anheuser Busch business. But Coronas during the summer. What is, does Anheuser Busch have something against Mexican beer? No, no, they've got uh, uh, Yalisco Estrella. Uh, Yalisco Estrella. Say that one. That's a Mexican beer, and it's delicious. So, so by why? The way. So why do you have something against it? No, because. It's not an Anheuser Busch beer, mm, mm, dumbass. Uh, but cor- Coronas, Coronas with some limes in the mm, in the I middle of the it. summer. I actually, uh, I'll take a I'll I take like a Niger Modelo or a Dos Equis any day of the week. Sorry, Don't get me wrong, I will too. But uh, you can you can keep if your, somebody uh, offers me a Corona with a lime, I'm gonna I'm gonna put it in my face. You can. <laughs> <laughs> All you gotta do is just put a lime on something, and James will just put it right in his face. Um, no, that that Corona. I know we're saying the name wrong, but like that coronavirus is fucking scary, dude. Why is that? That's not how. That's is it, how you say that? Oh, is it it's, actually it's how you say it? Literally, coronavirus. Yeah. Oh, I thought people just couldn't pronounce it, so they were saying the coronavirus. No. That's, oh. <laughs> it's spelled exactly the way it's said, or it's said exactly the way it's spelled. No, oh, fair enough. Coronavirus. It's, it reminds me a lot, though. Like I'm watching all the news reports on it, and it reminds me a lot of the movie Outbreak. Did you ever see the movie Outbreak? Yeah, with but, Dustin Hoffman. Yeah, it's it's being. I mean, I know that it's a. I know that it's a serious thing, but it's being blown out of proportion. No, three or four hundred people have died in China so far. I mean, three or it's four. a lot. 
that's it's a lot of people when you think about 300 people standing in a room but when you consider china has a billion people that's they, not there was the, the numbers that were infected though were nuts there was like 30, thousands 31,000 yeah that's that's crazy yeah that's more than like the flu here or SARS or swine flu or any of those other things. No, I'm so that's no, so I'm, that's crazy. I'm not trying to say that it's not. I think I'm I'm more I'm more saying that the people who are freaked out about it in the U.S. Oh well, yeah, because there's, there's been like one, because there's, there's been one there's been confirmed. like there's been a few confirmed cases in the U.S. and people are like, oh my god, it's here. It's oh. like no, no, you're gonna be fine. You're gonna be all right. No, oh, that U.S. military will take it out. Yeah, if we all get it, they quarantine. You guys have seen. You guys, you guys have seen the crazies. They, 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 quarantine. they quarantine us. They, you know, once we start getting nuts, they shoot us, and then yeah. life goes on. The well, Amer- not for us, it's but the American way. It's the American way. <laughs> God bless America. Um, so anyway, let's um, move on to lighter and brighter things. Yeah, like like uh, how dumb we are. Oh, that's that's about, pretty bright. How about that? Yeah, let's get into that's... some corrections. Stupid! You're so stupid! <laughs> <laughs> All right, first correction of the day. Uh, there is indeed a movie, movie called Cupid coming out. That's right. And it looks like a fucked up guy. <laughs> looks, it looks like a fucked up guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, it looks like a, it's a it's a little skeleton-faced Cupid guy that looks like he's shooting women in the face. Wow, that just what? seems mean. I think I've seen that in a documentary once. Um, I mean, if you're looking for love, that's not the way, guy. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, Some corrections here. Last week, we were talking about uh, Richard Stanley and how he had uh, tapped... Oh, Dick? Yeah. How he had tapped Varg Vikernes, which I found out you actually say his name Vikernes. Vikernes. Not Vikerns, like I used to say. Yeah. I don't know why I said it that way, but it's Vikernes. You actually pronounce the... Vikernes. Yeah. Okay. But um, at least that's how Richard Stanley says it, and he... uh, correctionception here that was a cool word because my other correction Correction. my other correction is that Stanley is in fact an anthropologist so he would know how to say the guy's name of course not that anthropologists are good namesmiths but you know Well, I don't even remember why. Uh, why were we? Because you, oh, you were saying whether he was an anthropologist or an archaeologist. I couldn't remember what they said. That's all. Okay. I just wanted to make sure that we were clear on it. But anyway, though, uh, Varg Vikernes was sentenced to 21 years in prison for murder and arson. Yeah. Because apparently, overseas in Norway, yeah. where he was, I believe it was Norway, where he was uh, uh, yes. sentenced, uh-huh. they don't have life terms. There's a oh, there's only a maximum maximum number of years you can actually serve in prison. Oh, they do not have life sentences. Huh. So he got I think the maximum, which was 21 years, but he only served 15 years and was released for murder and church burnings, which I think is very funny. Um, Sounds about right. Yeah, like, eh, 15 years. Yeah, he's pretty good. <laughs> um, he now currently resides in. I was close. It's not Florida. It's France. <laughs> I was. I was. I was close. <laughs> they both start with Fs. <laughs> oh, they're they're both the uh, they're both the asshole of their respective countries or uh, just, regions of the globe. We just lost our entire massive French uh, fan base. You know that, right? Fine, fuck them. The French are assholes. See a see a one guy. Um, he, he, now, <laughs> he now currently resides in France, uh, and then Stanley 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 was also talking about how the black metal scene. Stanley. 
Stanley. <laughs> the reason he said that is because apparently, according to him, the black metal scene jumped to Florida. Like maybe Florida was one of the first states to really boast a big black metal community. Really? That's the way that I took what he said. I didn't look into it, and I'm not going to any further. But that's why I heard Florida. I thought, cause... I thought Florida was more like... Um... Land of the Juggalo. <laughs> no, that's Detroit. That is Detroit. <laughs> no, I mean, you don't... That's, that's us, dude. You don't... No, you don't... Despite the fact that ICP is from Detroit, I don't see a lot of Juggalos. I see a lot of Juggalos. Open your eyes, dude. They're everywhere. Like, like just watch a... Just watch a new... Like, one newscast from Florida. Every single one of those well, people is a Juggalo. Are you sure that those people aren't just And great? I just lost all of our Florida fans. <laughs> all one of them. <laughs> <laughs> but we did lose all five of our Juggalo fans. Oh, Congratulations, shit. James. Um, no, everybody's fucking crazy in Florida, and maybe they're just wearing clown paint, and you think they're Juggalos. Oh. Or it's maybe the the half-eaten faces, the uh, bath salts, and they eat each other's faces, and, and, they, and the they look like that Juggalos. Eat half their faces. Yeah. yeah, that's, that's yeah, good. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> anyway, that's all I got. What do you got? All right. Uh, the, the, the Michael Jordan platformer. Oh, yes. The fighting platformer, oh, yes. which is amazing. It's called Michael Jordan... Excuse me. Pause for dramatic effect. Michael Jordan Chaos. Drink. <laughs> Michael Jordan Chaos in the Windy City. Yep. I looked it up actually after we recorded, mm-hmm. and I was going to play it. Maybe if we get done early enough tonight, we can play it. I was going to say, don't play without me, dude. Well, that, it's only 10.30 right now. We're starting, we're starting early. Yeah. So Usually we don't even start until now. So, <laughs> Well, I guess we're only 20 minutes in, though. Anyway, but, uh, uh, that's, yeah. that's all I got. Yeah, I never actually played that game. I need to. Oh, it's so fun. At okay. least I remember it being fun. Now that's over with. Yes. Let's get let's get to it because I'm very 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 much excited about what we're drinking tonight and what we're talking about tonight. Let's get to so let's let's do this. All right, I'm gonna go grab the beer. Talk. I picked a beer. Did you see what we have? Uh, no. Okay, good. It's on the bottom shelf. I picked a beer that I'm hoping is going to get the best laugh in the world out of you because I've been waiting for a, a reason to use it. All right, I'm not looking. He's not, he's not looking. I'm not looking yet. He's he's running he's running like a fae. Uh, <laughs> It's topical. Come on. Excellent. Excellent. (laughs) All right. So tonight, as we uh, previously told you, we're talking about Hellier Season 2, which you can find on Amazon Prime. And and YouTube. And YouTube. And also... uh, um, I think Hellier.tv. Hellier.tv. But that might just link you to one of the other places. I'm not sure. Or you can can probably go to Week and Weird, and I'm sure they have links all over that. Right. Okay. So here we go. Grabbing it blindly, and to date, tonight, <clears throat> to date, to date, we are drinking. <laughs> <laughs> we are drinking from Shorts Brew, <laughs> Pan Galactic Gargle Blaster, <laughs> a Belgian-style double India Pale Ale, maintaining a bitter domination of the galaxy and beyond. <laughs> there's definitely there's definitely domination going on when you're gargle blasting. Galactic gargle blaster. <laughs> yeah. Now you know what's funny is if I'm not mistaken, I was. Oh God, I this could be a correction. Okay. But I'm pretty sure. Um, I was listening to a, a while back, like like last year. I was listening to um, Ready Player One. Okay. On on Audible. And there's at one point in the uh, in the in the book, he orders a drink at a club, mm-hmm. and it's a Pan Galactic Gargle Blaster. Are you shitting me? Mm-hmm. But I actually think that the Pan Galactic Gargle Blaster originates from uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. 
Oh, okay. That would make sense because because I, I don't feel like this beer's been around that Shorts has made this beer long enough for it to be in Ready Player One. So um, maybe so maybe it is a play off that though. That would make more sense. Wait, sorry, say that again. I, said, I don't think that Shorts has brewed this particular beer long enough for it to be in Ready Player One. No, no, this is obviously. So that's what I'm saying. I think from... the name obviously comes from somewhere else. Right. But do we have anything else on the? Uh... Oh, I don't. I I didn't even look to be honest with no, you. No, I think that's it. Let's uh, let's find out here. All right, uh, I found it. Uh, let's see here. Pan Galactic Gargle Blaster uh, is a uh, Belgian-style double IPA brewed with Australian Galaxy hops. The nose is an impressive dark blend. Damn, sorry, dank blend. Ooh, dank. Of citrus and uh, aromas. <laughs> citrus you're worse at this than i am reminiscent of guava and lemons very green and fresh with subtle belgian yeast esters an intense clean bitterness dominates the flavor profile with little malt character to complete it Uh a slight fruity yeast sweetness is noticeable when the finish noticeable in the finish alongside a resounding bitterness I thought you were gonna say i'm not a good sight reader okay stop what do you want what do you want from me um if i if i may if I may, I also yep. found the uh, the description of it from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I think that we can probably add this as part of the the taste profile, or okay. at least the effects of this particular beer on the drink's effects in the book. After two of those babies, the dullest, most by the book Vogon will be up on the bar in stilettos, yodeling mountain shanties and wearing <laughs> and swearing he's the king of the gray binding fiefdoms of Saxaquin. Saxaquin? <laughs> <laughs> the Pangalactic Gargle Blaster is an alcoholic beverage invented by ex president of the galaxy Zephod Beeblebrox. Considered by the guide to be the best drink in existence, its effects are similar to having your brain smashed out by a slice of lemon wrapped around a large cold brick. <laughs> So, that's fun. Uh, well, this is also a ten. Did you drink f- some of that already? No, no, I was drinking my other one. This is also a ten point five beer. Oh, so getting fucked up. Let's tonight. get Lucy Gosey. We need to get a little fucked up to talk about transhumanoid creatures tonight. Yes. All right. Mm-hmm. Now, if it sounds like we're making fun of Hellier, I promise you, we're not. No, because <laughs> super not. Hell, spoilers. <laughs> I'm all fucking in. <laughs> like, I am all in. Yeah, give me season um, three right now. Yeah, right. All right, let's try this. Cheers, brother. Ooh. Oh, wow. It's <laughs> Jeez Louise. Well, that'll... That's a that lot leaves of, a really bitter taste in your mouth. That's wow. a lot of stuff all at once. Wow. I understand why maybe you have to gargle it now. <laughs> separate the nodes. See, I, it, I switched it. Did you? It's, I, oh, I do did. you need to separate? Do you need to separate? Hold on. I'm going to try gargling it to separate <laughs> right, the let's, nodes. Let's, let's see what it does. Do you want me to do this on mic or oh, not? Oh, of course. Okay. Make it as disgusting as possible. I don't mean on mic. I mean. <laughs> oh, God, <laughs> on no. <the> <laughs> <laughs> All right, here. We're, I'm going to gargle the blaster. <laughs> Dude, I'm, I have I'm nothing so, to add to this. I'm so <laughs> dropping that into my. My love making. <laughs> Gargle the blaster. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Aaron. I love uh, you. All right, here we go. Wife's a lucky woman. <laughs> oh, it sounded almost just came as, out my nose. It sounded just as gross as I expected. It changes the flavor profile. It does. It separates the nodes. <laughs> 
is it? Is Do it, it. I swear. It's, it's okay. Gargle it. Gargle it. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Let's get the chills. There is definitely. It's got that. It's oh. it's got that, and I I know that I say this, this needs on to the, be poured in a glass too, though. By yeah, the way. for sure. Um, it it's got that, and I know I say this on the show sometime, and I I don't mean it as a bad thing so much. It has the rotten avocado taste. No, I and you know what? I'm going to agree with you this time. I usually don't know. <clears throat> I usually don't get those hints. That's what I'm talking about when this, I say that. This is definitely dank. It is dank as it hell. is. It is bitter. Um, it's heavy. It's Man, it's blasting my gargle. It's bl- it, my gargle is officially blasted, <laughs> sufficiently <laughs> blasted, galactically blasted. <laughs> mm. um, yeah, if you're wondering, uh, if you're wondering what this beer has to do with our show tonight, uh, not to give anything away necessarily, but let's just say Pan has a, has a lot to do with it. Of course, the the beings are are fucking galactic, mm-hmm. right? And they gargle blasters. <laughs> Perfect fit, <laughs> and the label has like a uh, like a, like a NES style guy with like a super soaker blasting Space Invaders. So that's always fun. <clears throat> well, and look at the guy all the way to the right. That could be uh, that could be mistaken for a goblin, a Kentucky goblin. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, what what is it? Bat, only he's yellow instead of uh, green, but that's okay. Yeah, it's, it's got a greenish hue. Enough. Yeah, it's close enough. Yeah, man. But uh, anyway, um, okay. Cool. Uh, that's that's uh, that's what we're drinking. That's what we're talking about. Let's get into the bleed feed. The bleed feed. <laughs> All right. We um got some deaths this week. Quite a few, actually. Wow. Uh, let's see here. We are going to start with rest in peace to Diane Thorne. Uh, Diane Thorne. This actually goes hand in hand with something that we were just talking about mm-hmm. when we were uh, when we were off mic. Uh, I actually did play the game with James where he was looking at my movie collection and uh, he was picking out movies I have seen or haven't seen. And one of the movies he picked out was uh, a flick called Slave of the Cannibal God, huh. which is an exploitation flick. Speaking of exploitation flicks, Diane Thorne was uh, pretty well-known for hers, uh, more specifically Nazi exploitation. Oh, wow. She played Ilsa in the very popular Nazi exploitation Ilsa movies, like Ilsa, She-Wolf of the SS, uh, Ilsa, Harlem Keeper of the Oil Sheiks, and Her- Ilsa... Harem, Harem Keeper. Harem Keeper, sorry. Uh, Ilsa, Harlem. the Tigress of Siberia. Uh-huh. Um, that those that trilogy of movies was it's very well known in exploitation circles, and, mm-hmm. and you know, uh, she ended up passing away at the age of 83 to pancreatic cancer. Oh. So she could have been with us for a little bit longer, but 83 is absolutely nothing to shake a stick at. Mm-hmm. Uh, so rest in peace to Diane Thorne. You shall be missed. Um, let's see here. Rest in peace also to George Dugdale. Uh, George Dugdale passed away on January 14th. Uh, the family just uh, recently announced it, though. There was no cause of death, and I don't actually know how old he was, but uh, he was the director of one of my favorite slasher movies, Slaughter High. Oh, he was the director of that and only one other movie that was called Living, Living Doll. Doll. Yeah, Living Doll. I've never actually seen it, but uh, it's it's about a guy that starts a relationship with a corpse. What's what's not to like? Nothing. That right. All, that all sounds pretty in line with my belief system. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I I prefer cold food sometimes, so I 
I get it. Um, <laughs> like my pizza, like I like my women. Cold. <laughs> Anyway, uh, George Dogdell, like I said, passed away on January 14th. Uh, he actually married Caroline Monroe, who played the lead in Slaughter High. She was the girl that uh, that got the the nerdy kid. I can't remember their names right now, but got him into the showers or whatever, and she was kind of the one that, that started the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, he ended up marrying her and had two kids, and from my understanding, they had been married, were married ever since. Hmm. So, um so yeah, rest in peace rest to George peace. Dugdale. And then lastly, the big one. Yeah. Rest in peace uh to Kirk Douglas. Yeah. Kirk Douglas at the the ripe, ripe young age of one hundred and three. Jeez. I mean he's, 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 he's part he's, of he's, he's fucking he's Spartacus. Would yeah. you expect him to live any less than hundred and three <laughs> years old? It's true. He's part of a very exclusive club, the the oh, the three digit club. Yeah. Jeez, um man. And, it's funny because I was actually just looking him up the other day mm-hmm. because um, I was looking up Betty White for some reason, and I'm like, how old is Betty White now? She's got to be close to 100. She's 98. Mm-hmm. And uh, the reason is because she was in a Super Bowl commercial. Uh, yeah, yeah. And this was the first time in that commercial. This is no slight against her, but it was the first time that I'd seen her where she's starting to slow down. Like, finally, at 98 <laughs> years old, you can tell that she's not moving as fast. Her voice is a little bit different. She's yeah. starting to slow down. And I'm like, she's got to be pushing 100. So she's 98. And then I looked up Kirk Douglas because mm-hmm. I'm like, I know he was alive. I don't think he died. Yeah. Three days later, I apparently jinxed him. Oh, dude. Um, anyway, the, though. It's a Neil Pert thing all it over It is, right? Um, best known, like you said, though, for stuff like Spartacus. But he also has a couple of genre credits. Uh, like he was in Brian De Palma's The Fury. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde from the 70s. He was also in an episode of Tales from the Crypt. So uh, so he's, he made his way around the, the genre circuit a little bit. Cool. Uh, back in his day. But, I mean, um, with, a, with a catalog like his, there's... Pretty much no way you couldn't make it into a few genre flicks. Well, you know? yeah, it's true. <laughs> Especially back then when everybody did them. Everybody started off in yeah. genre flicks. But um, maybe maybe his greatest his greatest uh, adventure though was creating his his son Michael Douglas, who would go on to to star in one of the greatest based on a true story horror movies of all time. And yes, I consider Ghost in the Darkness a horror movie because it's terrifying. If you were ever if you were in that position, well, it's, can it's, you imagine going to bed every night with the possibility of a lion eating you? Yeah. I was gonna terrifying. say I, I was gonna say it's still terrifying for people who still live in that situation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah. Uh, yeah, rest so, in peace, uh, sorry, drink break. Yeah. Oh God, I gotta remember to not take giant swigs of that. Because <laughs> that is bitter. Hold on, let me see. What do you got? I mean, you could have talked. <laughs> yeah, well, I was doing that. I really just wanted to see your reaction, but yeah, big swigs are Woof. not not the way to go on this beer. Ooh, it's baby. delicious, but wow. <laughs> um. Anyway, though, yeah, like I said, rest in peace, Kirk Douglas, hundred and three years old. You fucking win. He's like, you win, <laughs> dude. Um. Okay. I, I don't even know if I want to live that long. You know. <laughs> I think that if I had I money to an... make me comfortable, it'd be a different story. Yeah, but that's, yeah maybe. I'm going to be... Like, I'm already annoyed with most pe- like most things these yeah. days. Like at 103, once the world has completely changed from what you knew as a child, mm-hmm. and people are completely different from what you used to know, yeah. you might just be like, eh. Yeah, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be an old man at the age of like 55, side of the road already. Like that's gonna be me. I remember my, <laughs> <laughs> I remember my grandma share. So my grandma share lived to be 104, and she just died four years ago. 
And uh, I mean, she would tell me the craziest stories she was about it. older than Kirk Douglas. Uh, when she died, yeah. yeah. Wow. I mean, you know, she was around for the. She remembers when the the car was invented. You know, like no, That's seriously, crazy. like like That's when crazy. when she was when she was growing up, her family got around by horse and horse and carriage. That's insane. Until a certain point in time when they started. I can't I think even she imagine would, that because she died in twenty. I don't remember when she died, but she was born in like nineteen nineteen oh four or something like that. Uh-huh. So just ridiculous, but. She, I remember my dad. I'm so old, dude. She was. She went. She went to. She went to Vegas every single year, until the year before she died. Wow. She'd go to Vegas, and everybody in every casino knew who she was. They and they called her grandma. So she'd walk in, and they'd just be like, "Hey, grandma!" And she was. And she. She was a roll, high roller, dude. She would go in. She had her little, uh, she called it her Cadillac, her walker. Mm-hmm. It was one of those ones that you could spin around and sit on yeah, it. Yeah. She called it her Cadillac. Please tell and me she you was... guys put an actual Cadillac logo on the front <laughs> of it. Because you abs- I'm surprised horn, my like, dad didn't. <laughs> but she was sharp as a tack right up until the day she died, dude. She, mentally, she yep. was all still there. And I remember, so she lived until she was 104. Wow. On her 94th birthday, we went to see her on her 94th birthday. And my dad says, how you doing, Grandma? And she goes... Oh, I'm pretty good. Ready to ready to go whenever God wants to take me. <laughs> but she was just like real matter of fact about it. No, I'm ready to go whenever he wants to take me. And then she lived another ten years. Yeah. It's crazy. Yep. Anyway, that's that's my story. Well, so she sounds like a lovely lady. Rest in peace to Kirk Douglas. Rest in peace, Grandma Cher. All right, let's get into some more uh some more uplifting news here, yeah, right? Sure. Like uh like how about the fucking trailer for the new Saw movie? Okay. Right? Uh, it's, it's called Spiral. Yeah. So here's from the thing. From the Book of Saw. Um, the the new Saw movie is called Spiral from the Book of Saw, mm-hmm. like you just said. Um, it's it's interesting. I we watched it right before we started the recording today, and I uh, I like it. I think that it looks great. I think that the tone is great. I don't know that I'm sold on Chris Rock yet, though. I I, I just there's something about his performance that all I see <laughs> is him. From other movies doing comedy it's tough I, I have a really hard time separating myself and i i really really hope that that kind of dies pretty quickly i think no it will. pun intended but i really <laughs> really hope though that that doesn't stick with the movie because even that trailer when he's talking and when he's like even his facial expressions at the very end they show him with the hacksaw you know call back to the very first movie yeah and i told you i didn't like it because his facial, it just looks like he's about to drop a joke. And, and I can't get it out of my head. Yeah, yeah. And it's weird. I think, uh, I think it'll drop pretty quick once you're actually watching the movie. Because you've, you've seen other movies with, uh, with comedians suddenly playing it straight. You know what I mean? And, and a lot of comedians them... are better than others at that. Well, Chris I think Rock's amazing, but... I think there's something about... We've talked about this before. There's something about comedians. Comedians inherently have a dark side. Oh, like sure. You kind of have to have a dark side to be a comedian mm-hmm. because you look at all the most fucked up things in life and then put a comedic spin on sure. them. But you're constantly focusing on the dark stuff to yes. put that spin on it. So I think... I think... I don't... It's going to be... It's going to be weird. But I'm hopeful. Plus, I told you yesterday, I don't care. It's another Saw movie, which means I'm going to love it regardless. I'm with you on that. The one thing that I will say that I love is this poster. 
I think that the poster oh, wow. for this. Have I you haven't not seen, seen this? that. No, that's the poster awesome. looks like something like Nicholas Winding Refn would make or something. Totally. Yeah. Um, and it's completely different than anything we've seen from uh from the Saw franchise. Definitely. Uh, if yeah, if you look it up, it's like it's got the spiral sort of in like a weird half in half out font in the middle, and then it says, "I like the idea from the book of Saw," and my. Uh, my theory about this is that this takes place. I don't think Jigsaw is going to be in this movie. I think they're going to reference him. Yeah. And I think that he is going to maybe like they'll pull up a police report or people will reference the time period that Jigsaw was active. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be copycat. Yeah, I was going to say like somebody inspired by Jigsaw. Well, from the book of Saw reminds me a lot of the Bible almost. Yeah. Whereas people are looking at 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 Jig at uh, Jigsaw almost in like as like a uh, well, like a Jesus type character. Do you remember? the end of jigsaw um barely spoiler alert um when gordon when dr gordon is finally uh, like it's revealed that he's under the hood Mm -hmm. at one point in time i think i'm remembering this but then there's like a bunch of hooded figures almost like a cult you know what i mean i think that they've kind of started and so his uh they show him in like a, a um what do they call those like group group therapy sessions um support groups hmm. i don't think it's a support group i think it's literally like a, a cult. like a yeah a cult like they literally feel like they've been saved by jigsaw by playing his game yeah. and yep. now they want to pass that on to the I rest agree. of the world and i think it's really cool and I so love i think that you have something there this okay so we we talk a lot about how like there's proper ways to do the whole sequel reboot thing this is the perfect way. You know, they're not disregarding everything that came for it. But if you look at this poster and you look at the, and and if, if our theory about what the movie is about is correct, mm-hmm. that's how you do it. Yeah. You pay homage to the past while creating something brand new as a kickoff to a whole new type of story. Right. This is how you do it. Right. And I really hope that this movie takes off and is great because other franchises can start to do this. Yeah. Um who was it? Uh, I was uh, uh, uh my twin, I can't think of his name. Um Elijah Wood. Elijah Wood <laughs> was just talking about how uh he really really, really wants a stab at a Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, and stab yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street. Um but Seems his his idea though he goes you have to have free he goes first off so you clever. have to have Robert Englund back as Freddy Krueger. You oh, have duh. to. Yeah. And he and he's like Freddy Krueger already or Freddy Krueger Robert Englund already said he wanted to do one more anyway. Mm-hmm. So have him do the one more, but have him but have a movie that sort of takes the Freddy character out of the story a little bit in order to start building something new mm-hmm. in that same world or whatever. And I'm like that's perfect. Like, that's yeah. exactly what you should be doing. Mm-hmm. You don't need to just completely reboot a series to start something fresh. You don't have to forget about everything. You don't have to retcon everything. Like I don't know. I just. This is the way to do it, and I'm I'm so hopeful that this, yeah, I that agree. this does uh, does well. I agree. I do have one major question about it, though. What's that? Um, does Chris you, Rock age? By the way, no, no, <laughs> no, never. Seriously. If anything, his jaw has gotten more square. It has. Yeah, I agree. you know what I mean. It could be that 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 sweet oh, uh, in sync in sync goatee. Oh, dude, that totally is a Chris Kirkpatrick yes. goatee. <laughs> That's beautiful. Chris Kirkpatrick gonna get your ass kicked. <laughs> uh, no, my main question coming away from this trailer though is, do you want to play a game, motherfucker? <laughs> they had to put that in there, right? Dude, they they had Samuel L. Jackson. You want to play a game, motherfucker? I he's, was like, dude, that's that's amazing. He's another one though. You're gonna be able to separate separate the Samuel L. Jackson character. Oh, totally, yeah. Because but Samuel but, L. Jackson's amazing in everything that I, he does. I agree. 
but he has a yeah. I, I but it, him saying motherfucker though doesn't almost fit the I think they, tone of the movie. That's that's what bothers me. No, I mean it it's does. It's a trope. You know, it's like it's like just you didn't need to do that. <laughs> you kind you kind of have you kind of have to though, right? You sort of have to. What they should have done is they should have thrown everybody off and they should have been like, "Do you want to play a game, bitch?" <laughs> Or just say something else, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. Or or like just or just make it totally square. You wanna play a game, fella? <laughs> <laughs> you know, hey, you wanna play a game, fella? Exactly. Like, I don't know. They I just feel like they didn't need to put that in there. Hopefully that's one of those trailer scenes that just gets people into it and it's not in the movie. Oh, dude, that's, that's what it is. It's just a draw. It's like people see Samuel L. Jackson um, say motherfucker, they're in yeah, you know. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, let's get to some let's get to some bite sized news, okay. shall we? Okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna spin through these pretty quickly here. Jennifer Tilly says that she will be a part of Don Mancini's Chucky series. I dig it. Awesome. Uh, producer Ant Thompson confirms that there is a script written for the sequel to 2015's amazing Turbo Kid. Did you ever see Turbo oh, Kid? Dude, no. It is. This is on my watch list, and I keep meaning to watch it. It is so good. I know. It is incredible i don't doubt that for um, once in my life i don't doubt you they are just they're waiting on funding right now because they say from uh from the first movie to this one it's like the jump that road warrior took from mad max so it's oh. way higher concept needs a much bigger budget but everything's ready to go they all want to make it it's just they're waiting on funding so okay. somebody give them like 15 bucks because I'm pretty sure the first one was made for like five. Okay. So, hey. Um, the first one's amazing, though. You need to see it. Um, let's see here. Moving on. Josh Boone, director of The New Mutants, says that uh, the movie was very heavily influenced by Nightmare on Elm Street 3, The Dream Warriors. Oh. Which is one of the better nightmares. And he goes, it's heavily influenced by it, which is pretty awesome. Is, uh, because there's that scene of, I'm, I'm thinking all the way back to the original trailer for New Mutants. Yep. And there was the scene where the the walls, the hands and the it's faces totally the are Freddy coming Cre- out of the walls. No, that, I mean, no, I always saw that's that. That's Nightmare thought, One, but yeah, I was gonna say still. I've always thought of Freddy when I saw yeah. that, though. So yeah, but the idea of the you have the group of the group of kids though with the powers like that's right. absolutely Dream Warriors. Cool. Right? And I'm very much, and and they, I think it's actually going to come out this time. Yeah, we'll see. Come on, April. Don't we'll, let us down. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Let's see here. Uh, the Expendables go to hell. Let me repeat that. The Expendables Go to Hell is a new graphic novel coming in May. Oh, damn. You just let me down. I know, right? I mean, uh, like, the graphic novels are fine. It's but... a new graphic novel coming in May, which will see the Expendables team killed in combat, only to awaken in hell and continue their badassery. That was my uh, that was my description. Was it pretty good? That was nice. Continue yeah. their badassery. I like that. It's good. <laughs> Give myself a pat on the back for that. Story... Is by Stallone himself. Oh, he yeah. actually wrote this. Um, I don't think we're ever going to get another Expendables movie. I'm pretty sure that's done with. Come on. Pretty sure. Um, Make this into a movie. There was supposed Why? to be an all-female Expendables. I don't know if that's still happening or not. Um, but uh, I don't know. I would love to see the movie series continue. I just I haven't heard anything about a new one. So is there any word about like did did they release anything about the all all female Expendables? Like who, I just know who would they be in were, it. I, I rumor back in the day, and this was years ago at this point, but rumor mm. back in the day was uh, was people like um, like I think Ronda Rousey was a name. Of course, you had uh, I, I forget who else actually was supposed oh, to be involved the, in it. Who's um, the Who's the other UFC fighter from uh, the Deadpool movies? Oh, I can't think of her name. Total right now. Babe. Yeah, um, uh, Korea. No. Yeah, Asia, like Asia that. Korea. No, no, that's that's, uh, no, that's that's pretty sure that's a porn star. <laughs> 
I mean, I'd like to see her in it too. The... <laughs> so who else would be good? In she'd, a be fem- in the, she'd be in the Extendables. <laughs> <laughs> right? Right? Nailed it. Nailed her. Uh, <laughs> who else would be in the female Expendables? I don't know. You could probably put somebody like um, like who are some really tough chicks. Like I'm trying to think of. Like you put like Linda Hamilton. Oh could yeah. Be, could absolutely be in it. Uh-huh. Um, you could even put like uh, like newer two action type stars like Scarlett Johansson maybe. Okay. You know she's not new obviously, but like you know yeah as an action star. Um, I don't know who else could you put in there. Like uh, I'm trying to almo- think of like that would almost be too Black Widow though. You know. But that's the point though is those movies always play off their tropes. Yeah. So that that actually makes quite a bit of sense. You could put uh, Sigourney Weaver, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, you could do who else? Sigourney Weaver and Linda Hamilton would be like the uh, the Sylvester and Arnold. Yeah, you know pretty much, mean? pretty much. Um, but then but then you have like the. I don't know. You could put maybe some of the final girls from some horror movies in there or something if you wanted to. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just thinking. Of, I'm, I'm I think to, it'd be great, and I think that they should. I know that there's a ton of badass chicks. I'm just. I'm terrible at like like pulling up these images. Oh, what's I... her name? She's um a Latino, and I can't think of her name now. Um. Oh, this is bothering. Jennifer me. Lopez. No. Um. God, I can't think of her name. Ted. She's. Badass though, I don't know. This will be a correction for next week. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, the girl from the, uh, the girl from uh, shit with the uh, Michelle in... Rodriguez. Well, yes, yeah, yeah. Michelle well, Rodriguez. Her, that wasn't who I was thinking. Of, she's such yes. a badass. I love her in the she's, Fast she's, and Furious she's movies. She's also a babe. Like she's yeah. Oh, yeah, there's totally something babe. rough and tough about her where I just want her to kick my ass. Like and <laughs> just, and, I, just and knock me around it. a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I'm pretty sure she's a lesbian, she might not be into that. But hey, a guy can dream, right? You look enough like a girl. <laughs> I do have a... I, it's true. It's true. It's true. Um, yeah, I don't know. If you when think I had, of, if when you I had think longer of, hair... If you, I, if you think of any throughout the rest of the show, just shout out just a shout random name. We'll, I, be, we'll be in the middle of talking about episode two of, of Hellier. Just shout out a woman's name. <laughs> what? What? Oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah the yeah, Extendables. Yeah. Expendables. Um, <laughs> <laughs> It's a good idea. It's a good idea. Um, okay, let's see here. Last bit of uh, quick news here. Uh, you'll be very excited about this. Director Christoph Gaines. Does that sound familiar to you? Yes. He directed one of your favorite movies of all time. Uh, Director Christoph Gaines is working on both a new, not a new, but a Fatal Frame movie, oh. which I've always thought they should make a Fatal Frame Have movie. Have you ever played Fatal Frame? Yes, they're creepy. They're so one of the spooky, creepiest dude. games I've ever played. And 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 the the concept is so simple. Yep. And the fact that you don't have any weapons or anything. I never understood why that game never came out for any of the Nintendo consoles because it'd be perfect, especially the la- especially the Wii U that used the handheld screen and the TV screen yeah. in conjunction, yeah. that would have been perfect. You're literally walking around with a fucking camera. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's also dropped a little tidbit. He's also working on a new Silent Hill movie. Oh. And this is the guy that made the good Silent Hill movie, yeah. not the shitty second one. So I didn't see the second one. Not good. It's, it's not. not? It's not great. It's like a shitty uh, video game movie. I loved the first one. Oh, I thought it was so good. The first one good. was great. We talked about it on the show early on in the show's life but mm-hmm. uh yeah we definitely yeah did. um on that note james yeah what's new on red oh weird is that because of the update on reaper yes now is everything's it? red and <laughs> everything, it looks like everything every, is red <laughs> everything is red and it looks like we're doing so many wrong <laughs> things but it's just because the new reaper update is red 
Okay. Uh, <laughs> what, was, what was that? It was a. It was. It, uh, don't don't worry about it. <clears throat> 1964's The Evil of Frankenstein is coming to Blu-ray, courtesy of Scream Factory. This collector's edition release featuring Peter Cushing will drop on May 19th with new artwork by Mark Maddox and new extras that are currently still in progress. I'm into that. If I that, love the Hammer Horror movies. If that's, if that's not enough Frankenstein for you. Also from Scream Factory, 1974's Frankenstein and the Monster from Hell, which will also hit shelves on May 19th. Extras are in progress and will be announced at a later Have date. Have you what? ever seen anything about that movie? Frankenstein and the Monster of Mel. No. It's batshit bonkers. It really is. It's another Hammer movie. Why? It's just crazy. It's weird. Like, it just... I don't know. It's it's just bizarre. The Hammer, the Hammer horror series, which is, like, sort of akin to the, the Universal Monsters. So, what? I know that there's a part of our drinking game where if you use a word wrong, people are supposed to drink. Yeah. What if you use a word right that you always use wrong? Well, there, there is. Because that's I the first right. time I've ever heard you say akin instead of akin. That's like finish five drinks, right? Come on, it's akin. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's, all, that's what I'm trying to say every time. Uh, it's fi- finish five drinks. I'm pretty sure that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. get drunk, motherfuckers. Um, so make, anyway, make the, it, the Hammer it. Horror movies, though, that are akin to the Universal <laughs> movies. <laughs> that's another five drinks. <laughs> They're using it wrong. Um, I, I think that if you, like, the, the Universal Horrors have really strong, great first movies, right? Mm-hmm. After that, though, to me, they go downhill pretty quickly mm-hmm. until you get to, like, Abbott, Abbott and Costello and they go straight back up because mm-hmm. those movies are hilarious. Of course. But... The Hammer movies were consistently at least good or crazy, which brought up the the, the rewatch value. <laughs> um, they just are. I don't know, like Peter, like Peter Cushing and and Christopher Lee, and you have all these great English actors mm-hmm. that that are in them. And I don't know, they're just good. I don't know if you've ever seen any of them, but I would highly recommend checking. I've them seen out. some of them, but I'm not I'm not really well read or yeah. well watched rather on the. Uh... The I hammer would, horror movies. I, you, you should maybe this maybe this coming Halloween if we're still doing the show, which why wouldn't we be? Yeah, we should do a Hammer Month. Yeah, that'd be cool. And just literally catch up on some old Hammer movies. Yeah, Hammer okay. Time. We'll just call the whole month Hammer Time. <laughs> it's it's it, it's like it's like slicing bread. It's so easy. Come this, on. It just writes itself, baby. <laughs> is, is that even a turn of phrase? What? It's like slicing bread. <laughs> I don't know. You just you just made it up. What did we make up last week? Oh, the dry cough thing. Yeah. Yeah, that was dumb. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, did I already say... Fra- yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, one last announcement from Scream Factory is Idle Hands. Mm, yes. Going the complete opposite, dire- <laughs> complete opposite direction from the Hammer films. The 90s horror comedy directed by Rodman Flenders, uh, who's pretty clearly a, a fake person, because <laughs> that's not a real name. I actually just watched or listened to a podcast with him. He was on the movie crypt. Oh, they had a they had a fake person on yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Rod, Rodman <laughs> Flanders. That's that's a that's a that nobody gave you that name. Uh, uh, this release will drop on May twelfth and will feature newly commissioned artwork by artist Laz Marquez. It's so bad. Is it really? It's bad. I'll here continue. On I actually I was looking at it earlier and I, I I didn't like take note really. Uh, but also star Devin Sawa, mm-hmm. heartthrob rather. Devin Sawa has been confirmed 
uh, has allegedly been confirmed for a new commentary track. Oh, that's cool. So that'll be rad. I like Idle Hands. It's a that's a fun movie. I agree. I I actually love that movie a lot. Um, it's got freaking Seth Green. It's just not good. Oh, jeez. It's just it's just I'm I'm sorry. Like yeah, Scream Factory usually kills it with their artwork. This just isn't good. It actually, this actually looks more like Todd in the Book of Pure Evil. Dude, that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. Um, Except for... Which, which would fit for that, though. Yeah. It would fit for that. It doesn't uh-huh. fit for Idle Hands. No, that's bad. Um, so I don't know what the fuck they're thinking of. This might be the first Scream Factory release that I get, because I will get this, that I will completely revert to the original art and I'm gonna, call it a day. I want to look up the rest of Laz Marquez's uh, catalog, because yeah. I, I don't like that, but I've... I've I know that I've said his name in in blue releases before. I can't imagine they're all that bad. <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Um. Yeah. Idle Hands though. What a fun movie. You mm-hmm. know. Absolutely. I used to love it when I was younger. Um. I think that might have been. Yeah. I, <laughs> I don't know what you're getting at. <laughs> yeah. Never mind. Anyway, that's all I've got for blues. Okay. Uh, the last bit of news then for this week, and the most important, which is the craziest bit of news ever, especially when you take into consideration the theory I'm about to tell you, is we were all super bummed that Scott Derrickson was no longer directing Doctor Strange, mm-hmm. but his replacement has been named, mm. and you're looking at me like you haven't heard this. I have. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, have you been living under a rock? Um Sam fucking Raimi is taking over Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Like, when yeah. it first came out that this was even a possibility, because the first news that broke was that he was in talks, and I'm uh-huh. like, oh my god, don't don't use all the right words. Like, don't <laughs> fuck this up. Um, I was just excited, literally, because A, I love Sam Raimi, mm-hmm. and B, like, there's supposed to be horror elements in this, and it's like, Marvel movies are known for being funny, and this and that, and it's like, even though most, even though Sam Raimi has a very dare I say bubblegum approach to horror at times because it's very much horror comedy. Yeah. He knows how to pull the horror out of it though. And he knows how to pull the comedy out of yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and it works. It just works in this weird way that only Sam Raimi can do. I don't think bubblegum is the right. It's maybe not bubblegum's not the right word no. for it, but like it's like a I don't I know. Get, I get what it's, you I get what you're getting at though. It's it's, um, it's like his own brand of of horror and comedy, put it that way. And it just works, right? Right. But then I started reading about some fan theories, and I got really excited. So you know how I'm going to try to get this as quick as I can here. You know how there's the the everlasting battle for Spider-Man between Sony and Marvel, right? They re they yeah. renegotiated terms. Uh, with that, we get one more Marvel movie out of Spider-Man plus one more appearance, and that's it, though, right? That's when the New Deal ends. Okay. So. Spoilers for the new Spider-Man movie if people haven't seen it yet, but one of the things that we saw at the very end was the returning J.K. Simmons as J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah. So there's this website that has this theory about how do you fix what's going on if you have a future with Marvel where there is no Spider-Man. The way that you fix the way that they that these they theorize you could fix it is that in the multiverse. You can't just simply put Peter Parker in a different timeline to then make the Sony-verse their own thing, right? You have to take somebody from another timeline to take their place. Mm-hmm. What if, now that Iron Man is dead... Spoilers. And very- Whoa, spoilers. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't think that one through. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll, Iron Man's dead. <laughs> we'll bleep it. We'll bleep it. We'll bleep that, too. 
what if though, because they need the new like tech genius type guy and Peter Parker was sort of in that, in that role Mm -hmm. in the last movie. Mm -hmm. What if Toby fucking McGuire gets pulled out of the multiverse and brought back into the MCU to take that place. And then Tom Holland goes over to the Sony universe and continues over there. That way it makes sense with the Sam Raimi connection. It makes sense that he comes full circle. It makes sense that J.K. Simmons was already brought back. Almost like maybe they thought about that already. Wait, Toby would come back to play Peter Parker? Yeah, well, he's a Spider-Man from another multiverse. Wouldn't so, that still be... That would still be... Um, because this way, you'd the, have a new you would have a new Spider-Man that they basically they swapped worlds so nobody would know just who they Tom are. Tom Holland Spider Man that's that's only signed on for another movie. Like, would like, can they still use Spider Man after that? I don't I don't know how that would all work. I'm it's a theory it's a theory here. Right? Also, it's just a fun fan theory. Also, but if how awesome would that be? No. Yes. Oh, mm. I'm so into it. I I I like I like the. Well, I've never seen. The third Spider-Man movie. No, mind you, this would not be this would not be Tobey Maguire playing the role of Spider-Man. It would be Tobey Maguire playing an older Peter Parker, right? Which is different than him playing Spider-Man. So right. keep that in mind. Right, right. I just think I think it could be really cool, and it would be fan service up the wazoo. <laughs> like there would be people that would hate it, but there would be people that would love it. Spider-Man a, Two is one of the greatest super superhero movies ever made. I'm not a huge Tobey Maguire fan. Oh, I like him. I'm just gonna I, say that. Yeah, I like him. Just he doesn't bother me at all. I don't know what it is about him. And something about his stupid face. I just want to punch. <laughs> the way that I describe this theory doesn't do the theory justice. I left out a lot of send, important yeah, stuff. Yeah, send me the link. I'd I'm like, actually going like to post it. This. I'm going to post it on our social media pages, actually, so that everybody who's listening to this can then go read it themselves. Okay. Because they 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 have a much better plan for it than what I just said. Um, but it's I don't know. I think it's really cool. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. It's definitely interesting. I, it, it'd be it'd be kind of crazy to see yeah. if they could spin it in some way like that. Moral but. spin like a web. <laughs> Moral of the story: Sam fucking Raimi is directing a Marvel movie. And yeah, I that's be the main takeaway. That's rad. All right, James. Yeah. Claire, it's time for oh. the stupid fact of the day. You got something? Because I don't. Oh wait. Yes, I do. <laughs> Flip that script. Wow, the power of editing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, so I'm going to do a random fact about Aleister Crowley. Okay. Because he's, uh, he was he's a, a... pretty he, central figure to a lot of stuff. He was, he was a, he was a, uh, a Thelemite, mm-hmm. which is, a, like you said, a, th- a central theme. A central theme. <laughs> a central theme. theme to season uh, two of Hellier. Alan Greenfield uh, who used to be a Thelemite. Exactly. Yep. Um, a lot of, uh, a lot of the, uh, I, I think that, um... I'm not too well read on this kind of stuff, but like the ciphers that they use yeah. and stuff like that, I think that was all uh, has researched its, by Alistair Crowley. Yeah, a lot yeah. of this stuff has its roots in the Or at least he that, had a hand in something about it. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, because we're perverts here on the show, I figured we would <laughs> I figured we'd go with the very first fact fact that I found frack, about frack. the very first fact that I found about Alistair Crowley, which is an important part of the rituals of Thelema, this so-called sex magic, was supposed to be transformative and clarifying. Even body fluids were important to Crowley and his religion. In the Mass of the Phoenix, for example, participants had to consume a cake of light 
Sounds pretty nice, right? Mm-hmm. Like when I think of a cake of light, I think of like a nice light cake, like yeah. a, maybe like an angel food or something. Yeah. No, 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 no. What was the cake of light? It was a kind of twist on Catholicism's wafers. Cakes of light contained either male fluids or menstrual blood. Yummy. As a member of the occult, as a member of the occult <laughs> society Ordo Templi Orientis (OTO), Crowley had uh, Crowley also added a new ritual based on taboo positions to be practiced by members of the eleventh degree. Don't know what that means. It is also important to note that Crowley had scores of intense, passionate affairs throughout his life. He considered himself to be bisexual as he had both male and female partners. Crowley's belief in the power of the act was thus a guiding force in his personal relationships. Dude liked to fuck. Dude, and, you know? and apparently eat blood cakes. <laughs> I uh, Cakes of light, Mike. Cakes of light. <laughs> Cakes of light. Oh, that I is. I don't know who light is, but she sounds hot. Um, <laughs> and there, there are twenty-two other or twenty-one other facts here, and they're all pretty fascinating. What a what a strange. Alistair Crowley was, though, in person. all fairness, a very fascinating character. Yeah. So yeah. All right, um, we are going to take a super quick break here. We're going to refill our beers, and then we're going to fucking talk about some high strangeness. Oh, I saw those. Is anybody eating those cakes in your fridge? Can I? Dip into those? Uh, those are blood samples. Ah, oh, shit. Okay. Throughout this, you'll see faces ripped apart with hooks, a man slashing himself into a bloody pulp, and graphic, macabre, torturous images that defy description. I I like the term high strangeness. What are you doing? I, so uh, <laughs> here's here's a peek behind the curtain. What's that? We just wasted an hour. <laughs> we did. <laughs> uh, at least two beers later, and lots of conversation that could never possibly get repeated on the air. Oh, definitely not. <laughs> um, I like I like the term high strangeness. I do too. It's so cool. Uh, right? <laughs> like. Uh, like uh, toward toward the end of this season, what the hell was it? Oh, it was they were getting sketched out about something that was going on, and Connor was sort of like, like kind of apprehensive about it. And he's like, "Listen, Connor, I'm, Connor I'm, was apprehensive like, about a lot of stuff. He's in like, this season. well, it's I think because he's probably kind of the voice of reason. I think he's like, he is. He's like, listen, I'm always I'm always in for the high strangeness, but this stuff seems like a little out of our wheelhouse. And, and I was like. I love the term high strangeness. It sounds so cool. Anyway. Um, okay, so Hellier Season 2. Um, we talked about Hellier Season 1 back when it first came out, what, a year and a half ago? Is that what it was? Jeez, was it something, that long ago? I think it was something like that. Yeah, wow. look it up. But um, this is uh, the same exact cast of crew is back with the uh, with one edition. You have uh, Carl Pfeiffer that is back directing the entire uh, the entire series here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we jumped from five episodes to ten episodes. Wait, why did you just... Hold on. You just said... Back with one edition, and then you named a person who's not an edition. Well, if you'd let me finish, oh, go I'd ahead. Get there, okay. <laughs> it was just confusing the way that you said it. The one, the, well, yeah. So you have Greg and Dana Newkirk who are back as the two leaders of the pack, if you will. Uh, Ka- Carl Pfeiffer, obviously, like I said, is the director. He's back. You have Connor Randall. Uh, he's back. He's the um, 
the the fellow paranormal uh, investigator they had on Michigan native Michigan native yeah right, uh, actually right around our parts very much here. so yeah uh, and then also newly to this season you have Tyler Strand uh, Tyler was in the first season but just on a phone call at the very very end and then this season they brought him in uh, as as a a main contributor to the show. Um, yeah, well, he was in the middle of the first season. Oh, did he? Not, pop, the, not that it matters that much. It was like episode yeah. three or something. Whatever. whatever. But um, but yeah, he's uh, he's back in, and he's the he's the new guy of the group. And and I'll be honest with you, I like Tyler. Mm-hmm. He's a bit much sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I like him. Um, I'm not uh, I'm not saying anything bad about him. See, it's funny because he reminds me of you. Yeah, because because I, I think in the I think in the in the first season, uh, Greg says he says something about think about the most energetic dog <laughs> you've ever seen and put him in a black vest, and that's Tyler Strand. Minus the black vest, like minus the, the black vest. That's kind of how you are yeah. all the time. Yeah, like you're all amped it. up all the time. Yeah. So maybe maybe it's just uh, I don't know. Maybe it's time for maybe, a little bit maybe, of introspection. Maybe you know? Tyler is my spirit animal. I don't know. <laughs> but um, anyway, though, uh, other than that, though, that's your your main core group is the same. Uh, everything is basically the same. It's a, it's a straight continuation from season one. Uh, season one, by by their own mouth, was just a a prelogue, like it was prologue or prologue rather. It was just supposed to be an intro to the real story, mm-hmm. and the real story pretty much starts in season two. Right. Um, we mentioned earlier in the show that uh, you know one of the things that we got kind of down on the show in the first season was because, excuse me, um, yep, that happened. Yep. Was because you know we thought it was one thing going into it, and it ended up being something different. Right. The reason that I actually like season two a lot better, and I told you that's when I first watched it. I go, season two is so much better because there's focus. They actually, season one, it seemed like they had all these ideas and they kept finding all these new trails to follow, right? And it was sort of like there wasn't much focus on any one thing. It was just them discovering, right? Mm -hmm. Which is cool in and of itself. But this season, they kind of, they started the season back at square one, back at home base. They all talked about their leads and it seemed like every couple of episodes kind of focused on a new lead. And like you were able to actually follow a story up until where it ended, and then they started a new one. And up, it's you know, and, it's and they not would start like to they're, go back on each other and whatever. But yeah. and it's not like they're following, uh, like in season one and in season two, they're probably they're probably going off in in equal number of directions. Like there's in season one, it's like oh my god, it's this. Oh my god, no, it's this, and yeah. it's this, and it's this, and they're like, oh, it's goblins. No, it's uh, it's it's um. Like what? Injured cold. Injured cold, and it's Terry Wrist, and it's the Mothman prophecies, and they went off in all these different directions, and then they were doing paranormal, like uh, uh, the the Estes method, the Estes method, and stuff like that. And I think in season one we complained about that because we thought we were kind of under the impression it was going to be one thing. Yeah. In season two, they're off in all of those same directions, but. Now that you have a sense of what this thing is, of what it's about, like and how yeah. they are, how they actually do their investigations, it's completely different, right? Like they, uh, they actually in in episode one, they come back together after what, like f- it's been fourteen months since mm-hmm. uh, season one wrapped, 
and they all picked a different well, they all picked a different thread to follow and they all did their own research on that particular thread and then they came back together and they kind of shared with the group the things that they had found over the last year or so. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was really cool. Was it really they, 14 months? I think that's, I, I swear because, well, to God, I, I think know, that's what Greg I said in one of the they, episodes. I know that they started filming season two well, well, well before season one was ever released. Okay. So 14 months seems like a long time. I don't know where you're getting that from. You could prove me wrong if you I'm, want to. I'm getting it from Greg Newkirk's mouth. Okay. <laughs> I'm well, pretty sure. Okay, that seems like a long time. Regardless, regardless, though, regardless it doesn't. Though. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. So it was cool. It was like, it, like I said, they're still, they're still, fa- they're still going off in just as many directions as they were in season but one. But focused. this time, they kind of know more of what they're dealing. They, it's, it's funny. At the, at the very same time, they know more of what they're dealing with, and they know Less. no idea yeah. of what they're do- dealing they, with. Like, there's, it's. But they at least know that, like. These two episodes are going to focus on this topic, right? We're going to get to the end of that as far as we can go, and then we're going to start on the next two episodes mm-hmm. on this topic. And even though they are going in a lot of different directions, they're at least going as far as they can and then jumping ship. They're not just like, you know, dog chasing cars kind of thing, right. like it was in the first season. Right. Um, and I like that a lot. I like that. And, and, and uh, you know, like now that I look back on it, we, we kind of. Um, like I said, we were a little harsh on them in, in season one. And they, like, our critique, like, if everything that was happening in real time that they were actually showing you was happening, that was a lot of crazy random information to kind of take in all sure. at once. So I'm more understanding now. Now that I've gone through, like, they've obviously grown. through the initiation. Yeah. You can see that they've <laughs> grown just in the past year in season two. Sure. Like, they, they seem just more, I don't know. It's like, it's like, <laughs> it's like watching the beginning of Ghostbusters when they're still testing out all their equipment. And then by the end of Ghostbusters, they have really, their shit a really together. Good analogy. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, they're, 100%. like, they're, they're like this elite team of, of, of paranormal investigation now Mm -hmm. and not only the paranormal but quite possibly the the physical tangible very creepy underbelly of society sure world you know what i mean like they get into that was a great description yeah i know that yeah i I just kind of i started the sentence i didn't know where i was going to finish it and it didn't make any sense but they get into some shit in this in this season that's like Super, it, super heavy. You, like with this like type of, if it's if it's what it seems like it is, then it's really like some well, almost scarier than the paranormal. That's the key you know thing, what I mean? If it is what it is, right? right. So you have to go into this show. Um, you have to kind of go into this show and make a decision right off the bat whether you're going to believe in this or not. I can speak only for me personally. I know that the way that I approach it is, <laughs> I have. I have a very rational hat that I wear at times, right? Mm-hmm. And then I can, I can though very easily take that hat off mm-hmm. and engorge myself in all of this engorge. crazy envelop. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I get engorged <laughs> when it happens. <laughs> I get, I can, I can just wrap myself around though all this craziness. And I, I was liking it almost to, um, or likening it almost to that Jim Carrey movie. Uh, Yes, man. Yes, because because yes. it, it's one of those situations where 
if you are choosing to go down these rabbit holes, right, then you are actively choosing to just say yes. Mm -hmm. Because the second that you start saying no to anything because, well, it seems too weird or it seems this or that, you're going to stop. And you almost, you have to say yes almost to everything and just kind of believe that everything, as crazy as it might sound, it means what you might think that it does only because you have to go down that road to see where it leads. Well, and that was some of our, those were some of our complaints from the first season is like, like they had a few leads that they decided to not check out Mm -hmm. because they thought it was even like too, like too too long of a shot and we're like if you have a lead just just do it well one of the things that we were pissed about is at the very end of season one uh they're at that uh the cave and we're like go into the cave check it right and in retrospect though i think about that and it's like these they're not experienced cavers it's the middle of the night Mm -hmm. their crew is literally no different than me and you getting somebody that just knows how to shoot video and a guy that well, I mean, give give well, no, give Carl a little more I'm, credit my, than that. That's not what I mean. He's an actual... like, my point is, though, it's no different than me and you getting a videographer with us and yeah. then getting somebody who's interested in the topic, going to do things that, that, let's be fair, are pretty fucking dangerous. Right. We wouldn't do it either. Right. There's a lie. And <laughs> yeah, I think that you... It's for, easy I to think sit that here when you're, and say that. Exactly. And I think that when you're watching these kind of things, <clears> it's very easy to... Tell somebody, oh, why don't you go risk your life? <laughs> yeah, it's for the good of the show. Yeah. <laughs> like, and when you think about it, though, it's like they're this, they're still just people like us, mm-hmm. just just trying to figure this out. And mm-hmm. they run in a lot of that in season two, especially when they're getting involved with people in prison and they're getting involved with these weird emails they're getting. And then there's a lot of stuff they actually didn't even talk about in the show. I that I found out outside of it that is kind of crazy, and. I completely understand them not wanting to jump head first into certain things uh-huh. because quite frankly, it's scary and dangerous and well, weird. It's, well, it's funny too, because a lot of people who take a, take a normal person who is not involved in uh, things like paranormal investigation, uh-huh. the idea of the paranormal is what would scare them. Yeah. Like, I don't want to go into a haunted house because there's ghosts there. Meanwhile, you know, the Newkirks and Connor and Carl and, and Tyler, oh, pretty, that's that's their shit. I'm like they run certain. into they run into a haunted house and they're like, Yeah, let's go find yeah. let's go find out what's going on here. Yeah. Whereas whereas with them, it's more like once you start getting into real world stuff, yeah. The possibility of real human beings doing terrible things. That's exactly that's when they aliens back don't up scare them. Right. It's the mass murder in the woods that right. scares them. Right. With the exception of Tyler. I'm pretty sure he would go head first into <laughs> into the murderer's lair because <laughs> because why not? Um, but yeah, uh, I I actually like that aspect of the show. Uh-huh. You know, I think that if you're if you're going into season two, um, or even season one, like we did, expecting there to be like a definitive answer. Or like a, a wrap up, like like you would have in any other TV show, mm-hmm. you you're going to be disappointed because I what I've come to realize, especially watching season two twice now, is that this series is not about the ending; it is about the journey. Yeah, and the journey, if you've ever been on any kind of a um, any kind of of a of a, of a I want to say adventure. It's not the right journey. word. A, a journey <laughs> to in, an investigation. Yeah. Sometimes you go down a lot of paths that don't 
lead to anywhere. Yeah. You go and there's a lot of downtime and there's a lot of things that didn't go the way that you thought. And this season has a lot of that stuff in it too. And they they do actually show you a lot of those things where it's like we went into it expecting <clears throat> this, but we got this and mm-hmm. now we don't know what to fucking make of it. You know, yeah. they do a lot of that. And I think that that shows a lot of the, the in earnest what they're actually doing. Right. Now, I know when we were watching it, you had mentioned something about the validity of a lot of it. Like, there are some things that you watch and you were well, wondering. Okay. So you said earlier that uh, you kind of have to go into this one way or the other. Yeah. Either you don't believe it. And that's just the way it is. So you're just watching these people, you know, run around the country, just basically doing things that don't matter to you. Sure. Or you have to open yourself up to believing all of it, basically. I kind of split down the middle. I, 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 tr- I try not to be too cynical about stuff, but I, I sometimes I can't help it. Like I'll be watching something and I'll just be like, yeah, like that popped up a lot in season one. I'd just be like, yeah, it's a really big stretch to, mm-hmm. you know, like you got, you got from here to here through just the tiniest little clue. And I like, I tried, I tried going into this with a little less of that. There are still times when that popped up where I was just like, mm, it seems like you're really stretching, but I want to, I'll tell you, and I think this is where you're getting at, what you're getting at. And I want to tell you something that happened to me that it clicked with me and it made me realize exactly how they must be feeling and how you can get drawn into this stuff so completely. Because there was an episode, so I'm going to go through, I'm going to go through this a little bit, so it'll take a minute. There's an episode where Tyler decides to go out to what are perceived to be coordinates. Yeah. Right? Sent by Terry Wrist. Um. He goes out to the coordinates. Uh, a little backstory. Uh, they got uh, sent these numbers. They didn't know what they were. Anybody who's listening to this has probably already listened to the... Why would you listen to this and not listen to the first episode? Yeah, okay, it's fine. Yeah, listen, we don't have to go into the whole backstory. Go back and listen to our first fine, episode James. about this. Watch Hellier Season 1. Listen to our episode. Or don't. I don't care. And then come back and listen to this after you've watched Hellier Season 2, which we highly recommend. Um... So he's out in the middle of the woods and he sees a helicopter go over and that's like, oh shit, they know I'm here from our intro. And we're like, it, it, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's a laugh while you're watching it sort of. Cause it's like, ah, it, it's just a helicopter, you sure. know? And then he goes back and he gets in his car and he tells this story about how the sheriff like came out of nowhere and, and uh, asked for his information and said something about like, hey, so you're leaving town, right? Cause yeah. people around here start to ask questions when, and you asked me what I thought about that, and I was like, ah, I didn't really think that much of it because I grew up in a small town where people watch everything constantly, and I know what it's so like. You're part of the problem. I'm part of the problem. <laughs> I know what it's. I know what it's like when people will put the cops on high alert just because there's a stranger in town that nobody knows. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So like, where he may have, Tyler may have perceived that as, oh, they're watching me and they want me out of here because. Because I'm a, because I'm investigating. They don't want me getting too close to the truth. I viewed it as, oh, it's just because you're a, a dude nobody knows and you're trekking around the woods and approaching random houses asking weird questions about 
carvings on trees and mm-hmm. weird stuff going on. It's probably just I'm, the most likely explanation is somebody like that lady that you talked to just was weirded out by what you did and called the sheriff to put him on alert. Sure. But then something happened to me that sent me into a tailspin for a couple of days <laughs> and then put me in a mindset where I'm like, what What aren't they telling us? <laughs> and it sucked me into this idea of like a weird conspiracy. Sure. And then I suddenly realized like, this is what it's like being this team. Like when you're when you're completely surrounded by this stuff going on, like we watch it and we we watch it with more of a lo- sort of a level head because you're sitting there watching it and you're like, you're like, oh, it, it it could mean something, it could not mean something. It's definitely nothing to like, you know, get freaked out over. Uh-huh. But then, when you kind of get sucked into it yourself, I suddenly realized how easy it is to really get pulled into that world. I f- I feel like the way that you're you're saying this though is. You understand how you can get sucked into it, but you still think it's 100% bullshit. No. That's the, kind of the way you're coming across, though. No, I'm not trying to make it sound like that. I apologize if that's what I'm doing. But I'm I'm just saying, I'm still, I, I still try to watch this show with, a, like, some semblance of, like, cynicism a little bit. And I don't want to call it rationality, because what's... When you're dealing with stuff like this, what is rationality? Well, that's because that, some of it might that's some, it might be true, it might be bullshit, but well, that's the entire point is that there's nothing rational about what's going on because it's not normal. So to try to approach it in my eyes, to try to approach it with any kind of a rationality, is you're doing a disservice to it because the whole point to me, the whole point of the show is the what if question, and that's and they and then they going down these rabbit holes are kind of throwing that to the wind mm-hmm. and they're just embracing it and seeing where it leads them. Yeah. And I love that. About but I think, it. I, love I guess that. what I'm saying is I think it's easier to embrace it when you're surrounded by it. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, sure. It's easier. But... It's easier it would be much easier to embrace it if you were one of them compared to us sitting at home watching it. Like if we were completely embroiled in this whole thing, it's like we we mentioned this when when we did uh, season one the the long con that I did on you the you like where you literally thought that oh yeah we, you literally <laughs> thought that we were having an alien experience. I cried at the end of it. Yeah. that's how that's how and, that's how into and it. I even was. even though I was behind the whole thing, your reactions to it were making me feel what you were feeling. But the idea of it, but so, the idea of that though is that you believe it until you're given a reason not to. Right. And that's and I don't think that they're doing anything different. Like they're just continuously following breadcrumbs wherever they may lead, however small they may be, they're following them and then when they get to a dead end that doesn't make sense, they accept that and they go into a different direction. Right. And that's the thing is like they're not afraid to just kind of take a leap of faith and believe things. Yeah. Because if anybody who's ever uh, uh, anybody who's ever ex- um, not experienced uh, discovered something mm-hmm. new, right? If they just automatically said, "Oh, I don't," this sounds stupid. I'm not going to look into this. Nothing would ever get discovered, yeah. you know. Like, so yeah, I think yeah, that. Yeah. So I, whether or not it's what they're doing is is everything they're doing means what they what what it is. Probably not, quite mm-hmm. frankly. But the idea is that you're following this this journey. And it's fascinating. It's absolutely. I'll tell you what. By the by, the end of the series, 
they got me into believing in Pan. <laughs> like I'm telling well, you. Hold like, on, we'll we'll get to that. I never actually happened. I never actually got to what what had me questioning things oh, for sorry, a couple I'm of sorry. days. Um, they went to meet up with Alan Greenfield, who is uh he's he's an ex thelemite He's uh, um, kind of a historian on on euphonauts and um, real quickly because only because I didn't know this a thalamite is somebody that follows basically the teachings of Aleister Crowley. Mm-hmm. I, for, and that's probably a very broad way of saying it, Pro- but that's yeah. essentially it. You can look it up online. Well, There's tons well, of Aleister literature. Crowley himself was a thalamite, right? So didn't thalamitism thalamism come Thel- bef- thalamitism? <laughs> didn't yeah, that come I, before Aleister Crowley? Look it up. It has something to do with Aleister Crowley. <laughs> And his and the way that he did his stuff, though, like thank you for teachings. explaining that to yeah. us. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so there's this cipher. Uh, Ellen Greenfield is uh, like heavily involved with um. Uh, there were and, and this is even stuff that like I would really have to get into it for mm-hmm. it to be below my head. Right now, sure, it's sure. above my head. Sure. Um. There's a, a, a cipher called Cipher Six, mm-hmm. and it's in one of Alan Green, Greenfield's books. The and it's secret cipher of the, the euphonauts. The secret cipher of the euphonauts, and it's used. <clears throat> it's used to decode certain uh, messages. Yeah, and he plugs the name Hellier into because they go to meet up with him, and they, you know, they kind of want to just run the whole story by him and see what he sure, thinks about sure. it. They plug the name Hellier into the cipher, and he says. Hellier, when you plug it into the cipher, comes out to be 93. Yeah. And if you look through all of these different books uh, dealing with thelemites and and these secret ciphers and, and, and all this stuff, 93 is a very common uh, yeah. common figure that pops up. So then they they show on the screen, they show this thing that says uh, Hellier, mm-hmm. and then it it gives you the the numor- numerical figure to go with each of the letters in Hellier. And then it adds up. It says 4 plus 25 plus 2 plus 2 plus 23 plus 12 equals 93. And I'm looking at it, and I go, I go, just really quickly, I go, that doesn't look like enough numbers to add up to 93. Yeah. So I rewind, and I pause, and I do the math real quick, and I go, it's not. It's That's 68. not 93. It's, it's 68. 68. Yep. And I go, I go, okay, so I go, is Alan Greenfield bullshitting them? And can, if so, I can totally and if see so, how you would say that. And if so, like, like Connor is so into this, uh, like, he, he really did his re- research on mm-hmm. this cipher. And, and I was like, he's so kind of up to speed on this. I can't believe that they would put that on the screen and and Connor wouldn't realize that that doesn't add up to 93. Yeah. And I go, "What's going on here? Why did they why did they show that? And why are they not questioning the fact that it doesn't add up to 93? Yeah. And what are they not telling us?" So all of a sudden now I'm I'm in it and I'm like, "What's going on here? Like what <laughs> I I thought that there was some like kind of I, I thought there was something weird going on. I was well, like, why aren't they telling us that that doesn't add up? And then so I get online and I go, I go Hellier, I, I you know I plug something into Google like a Hellier discussion. Sure, uh, Hellier doesn't add up to ninety three with Cipher six. Blah blah blah. Couldn't find anything. No, I looked it up too. There was nothing. I was like, why is nobody else talking about this? What the fuck is going on? So this is I have something to add. to This that. is why I said I can understand 
Especially because this is just me. This is one thing. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I was completely sucked in. So I can understand, like, like, and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to downplay what they're experiencing and trying to call it bullshit. I'm well, saying when you're completely embroiled in this situation, everything that comes at you must feel so huge huge yeah now you also told me though that you actually figured out how why you were wrong right right i i i realized after (laughs) after going i i started it wasn't your mistake i started reading about the cipher and i was like what's going on here like and then i realized it it was the solution was very simple they've got 425 22 23 12 that's h e l l i and they forgot to add yeah. the second e in. So it so wasn't. It, it was. You weren't necessarily wrong. No, I wasn't wrong. It was literally just a an editing mistake. So I had. So I saw that today. You wouldn't tell me what it was that that was bothering you so much last night when we were talking about this. So I re looked it up today, rewatched mm-hmm. the episode, and it, I it caught my eye right away because yeah. I was a little bit more uh, attentive to it. And I go, huh? He's absolutely right. It's right there on the screen. It's right in your face. It's. Like right there, right? The math just doesn't add up. Mm-hmm. So I took it upon myself to reach out to Greg Newkirk. <laughs> why not? Yeah, sure. Um, and by having a conversation, I had one Twitter exchange with him today. <laughs> but did I, you do this on public Twitter so yeah, like everybody yeah, could see? Hundred percent. Oh, um, I, I wasn't trying to call him out necessarily, <laughs> but like I figured, like this is a part of it. Like if you're going to be truthful about the stuff, it needs to be transparent, right? I like how you say this caught my eye as yeah. if this was your get. You fucking yeah, dick. Well, you totally know. taken. Um, I said, I said, I'm only second watch through the season uh, when this caught my eye. Maybe I'm missing something, but this math doesn't add up to what Greenfield says it does. These numbers add up to 68, not 93. Can you shed some light on it? That was pretty, at least innocent, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. Like, well, I, at I this point, him, like, at this well, point, I was like, you fucking asshole, you're, no, you're well, a fucking no. liar. Well, no, like, at this point, you hadn't actually looked up the actual cipher, right? I didn't, I... I, I did do the... Um, so I'm saying you're, you're not asking them this with the knowledge that there's a, a, a letter missing. At that point, no, I, okay. didn't, I didn't actually realize it. Okay. He responds, though, almost immediately. And he says, probably just an oversight on our part if you run the Hellier, if you run Hellier through the cipher at uh, this website. Which is like this, which is that cipher is like it's a whole thing where sure. you can put anything in there and it figures it out. Yeah. You'll see that it comes out to 93. Uh-huh. Excuse me. It was at this point when I started looking back at the numbers, though, trying to figure out what I was missing when I realized the E was missing. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't have noticed it if there wasn't another E probably in the equation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's just that's just an oversight of them probably editing late at night and somebody wrote this out in their editing program and didn't even realize they typoed it. Right. You know, so... I, I, I'm inclined to believe him 100%. That's oh, exactly yeah. what that was. Oh, yeah, I believe um, him. I believe him. It's just, like I said, I I actually got excited. Yeah. Like, I got really excited. I was like, there's something off the here. Way like, what? There's <laughs> something foul. I figured is out something. <laughs> yeah, like, I, 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 suddenly felt, I suddenly felt like I was into some sort of, sure. like, weird conspiracy. And I was like, and because this, this whole season deals yep. with just the craziest... Ooh like the craziest shit and 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 outside of the paranormal some of the scariest stuff like if it's all true 
if and and believe me, I I am definitely leaning toward everything that they experienced is true. I you know like I, I still leave room for a little bit of what if you know what I mean. Is everything it, that they say it is exactly what they think that it is? Probably not. I do believe that everything they're experiencing is real, though. Yeah, like the people that they're talking to, the the sure. stuff that they're the stuff that they're hearing from other people, definitely sure, which is scary. Some of the shit that like that Amy tells them about, mm-hmm. and then once they meet up with, by the way, which that's uh, a whole other. We'll get to that conversation. It's a whole other thing, though. Oh, can I just say this about oh, Nathan yeah, yeah, Isaacs? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Nathan Isaacs, the guy that they meet in Somerset. Yeah. Uh, the uh, I, I want to see an entire. I think show he's a based music. I think he's a music promoter, dude. Season three, Newkirks. If you're listening to this, get that guy involved with the entire yeah. season. Three. Oh yeah, that guy was so fun to well, listen. Not to. only that, he he come there. There's it's really weird the way that. Just, actually, pause that for one second. I sure. just want to finish up. Oh on yeah, this. yeah, go ahead. I just want to finish up on what go we're ahead. talking about. The way that Greg Newkirk responded to me, does it not sort of come across like maybe we're the only people that have ever pointed that out? I'm sure we're not the only people that have ever noticed it. Well, the fact that he says probably just an oversight, but it doesn't. I feel like if somebody he, else would have Because if he knew it already, out, he would probably just say, "Yeah, oh, it was we just know, an oversight." Yeah, yeah, we know about it. It's a typo. Whatever. You know, like, I kind of feel like that would be the response that you would get. Mm-hmm. The way that he worded this, and maybe I'm looking just way too far. I'm in the shit, right? Yeah. <laughs> maybe I'm just looking too far into it. But it almost kind of seems like maybe we caught something that. And brought to his attention, at least, maybe something they hadn't noticed. Well, I'm t- I told you last night. And I, now cause... Carl Pfeiffer is getting fired. <laughs> Sorry, Carl. Sorry, Carl. <laughs> you can come hang out with us if you want. That's the thing is, I, uh, especially this come, season. Come make a documentary about the Nain Rouge. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, that'd be fun. Right? Especially this season. Uh, like, I liked everybody in the first season. Um, this this season, like, getting to know them even more, they're, they are five totally different personalities 100 percent, and i like all of them yeah they're all so cool like i i just it would be a, a lot of i was thinking about this as i was looking back on the uh the first episode and i was like we were kind of dicks about the first episode and even if we have anything to bad to say about this this season uh i'd i'd venture to guess i, I could probably speak for both of us when i say anything bad that we say mostly born out of envy because because the shit that the shit that they're doing just i mean even though it's scary it gets like genuinely scary toward the end of the season because they may actually be in like like physical danger listen i get freaked out walking in the woods thinking i'm gonna get eaten by a cougar that's true you're a big it's literally that's a thing that happens so the fact that they go into caves in the middle of the night (laughs) i could never do it well that's just so so much of what they do is like i mean it's the stuff that we've always dreamed about doing you know what i mean so i don't know it's it's uh but yeah like get get getting back we were talking about something before you went back to the yeah uh, it was um Hold on. <laughs> uh, Nathan Isaacs. I yes, said get Nathan it. Isaacs involved with the, yes. the third season. Yes, yes. So the thing is, the thing with, with the, the group that we get to know over the course of the second season, right? Yeah. At least get to more so know. Um, they, like you said, they all have their own very separate personalities. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've, I filled the last couple of days because I wanted to be as prepared for this as possible. I didn't want to just watch the show. And go based on that. I mm-hmm. wanted to get more of a, a an idea of how they re, how how they are outside of the show, right? Mm-hmm. So the last two days or so, I've been listening to like every podcast they've ever been on about Hellier. I've been listening to a ton of stuff, yeah. right? 
And you had mentioned one thing to me that where you kind of thought that Greg sort of comes off like maybe he's a ringleader. And if this whole thing, like there's a lot of people probably saying this whole thing is fake and it's scripted and this and that and blah, blah. You even mentioned like there are times when he sort of comes across sort of like something will happen and he's like. Well, don't uh, don't misrepresent sorry, me here. No, you say it. You say it. My, my view on Hellier, and I want to be clear. I want to be I'll make myself clear in a minute here. I think that Hellier, season one and season two, are either straight up on the level, exactly what you see is what you get. Yeah. Of course, I'm behind the scenes. There's probably a little bit of editing just to oh, make well, the, just to make is. things a little more exciting. I can actually and stuff expand. Like I can actually expand on that um, part of it. But Hellier is either this group of people is really genuinely experiencing some of the the craziest phenomenon i've ever seen uh-huh. or it is one of the most well thought out well planned expertly executed hoaxes ever so pretty much what you're saying and to be clear i don't believe it's the latter i don't <laughs> well i was gonna say even if it was the latter you're you're basically saying either you guys have lucked into this crazy fascinating thing or I greg say, i wouldn't or, say locked i'm or, actually i'm actually or, starting to think that they have something here with sure, like the sure. like the synchronicities but, and it's kind of meant to be or greg newkirk is the smartest guy in the world i'm saying <laughs> he comes up smelling like roses either way really. I, I, yeah honestly honestly whether it's whether it's the craziest phenomenon i've ever seen or the craziest hoax i've ever seen i would be equally impressed with both yeah I don't believe it's a hoax. I don't either. I don't. But there are times. There are times when every once in a while, I'll I'll look at Greg Newkirk's. I, I think he just really delights in like the other people experiencing what he's experiencing, uh-huh. and rather than like at the time freaking out with them, he kind of takes it in. Yeah. Because there are times. There are times where everybody else is freaking out, and he's just kind of sitting there with his eyebrow raised, and I'm like. What do you think of Newkirk? <laughs> like, <laughs> like you know what I mean? Yeah. There's, oh yeah. 100%. But but to, like I said, to be a hundred percent clear, I do not believe this is a hoax. Well, there's just there's way I'll too tell, there's way too many moving parts. You'd never be able to pull I something agree. off like. And this. I'll tell you, based on listening to him talk to different interviewers on different podcasts and and all that stuff, um, he there it's genuine. Like the way that they talk about it is not. He's either the greatest actor in the entire world, him and his wife both, uh-huh. are either the greatest actors in the entire world, give these people all of the Oscars, or it's legit. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and, and to me, there's really no way to fake genuine excitement about things, and that's what they have over a lot of this. I because, mean, there is. Because, that's what actors well, do, but these people aren't actors. You get what I'm saying. You get what I'm saying, though. Yeah. Like, uh, it's, it's like the things that they're experiencing they they are so open to the things being true that it's it's very difficult to not get sucked into it and believe it yourself mm-hmm. and quite frankly i don't think they're full of shit no i really don't i um i'm not a religious person at all mm-hmm. i grew up catholic you know so i, I have that background mm-hmm. but you know i my belief system has changed dramatically over over the years i've gone through a lot of phases of what i do what i don't whatever the one thing that's always been a constant for me is the idea of energy. Mm-hmm. 
and and the idea that energy has effects on people. Sure. And in a very, very broad way of saying that, this whole season has to do with that. Because mm-hmm. it has to do with the massive quartz deposits underneath the Appalachia uh, area. That was pretty fascinating It has to do with a lot stuff. of the electromagnetic stuff. It has to do with the God helmet. It has mm-hmm. to do with... There's so, so much of these things that they talk about in this series has to do with energy, for lack of a better word, energy, mm-hmm. and different types of energies and this and that, right? And I've always believed that when someone says, I'm praying for you, right? And then you have the the uh, atheist that says, sending good vibes to you, right? Yeah. It's the same thing. Yeah, It's literally the exact same thing, mm-hmm. which is why I think religion's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> whole, other, whole other topic. But um, like, I... I really do though when you're when you're talking about energies or whatever, then it, that kind of blends into the whole kind of Wiccan kind of thing, right? And like the crystals and the and like the different things and all I mean, that. Not necessarily well, not, just not, not crystals and that not not crystals and this necessarily, but I know Wiccans that they do the whole crystal thing. I'm sure you're, they probably do too. You're talking like magic. They would refer yeah, to it yeah. as magic. My point is <clears throat> I do put stock in that. Mm-hmm. And I do believe that one person's magic is another person's faith and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I yeah. believe in that. <clears throat> so a lot of the stuff, a lot of the stuff that comes off, you know, I, I believe in it. Like mm-hmm. I really do. Like I believe that there is definitely something there, and I believe that what they're what they're saying isn't bullshit. I believe that no matter how you interpret these things, mm-hmm. it's happening. Yeah. So the, a lot of the stuff isn't that far fetched to me. One of the things that they that I thought was fascinating is that you get down to I want to say Somerset or Ashland, one of the two places. Yeah. That. Um, that one of the irregularities in the town is that there's a humongous amount of mental illness mm-hmm. and they don't know why yet they're sitting on top of this hotbed of a huge quartz, quartz, quartz and deposit. these electromagnetic fields and all this. Well, and it's kind of crazy. The way like, Nathan describes it was uh, he, cause he's like, he's like, we're basically sitting on a huge piece of quartz and then, he said, when you go to the uh, NASA website, you can download any map that you want. Uh-huh. So he said, I downloaded the electromagnetic like hotspot map. And there is literally an electro- electromagnetic hotspot underneath Somerset. Yeah. And Somerset sits on this huge bed of quartz. Uh-huh. So it's like we're sitting on the tip of a gun. It just It just shoots straight up through the quartz and... But then he's also. Up. But then he also talks about how like you have that that shoots straight up like a gun, mm-hmm. and then you have these other the other planes of existence oh, that yeah. are basically pointing down well, at it, it. So you have like that, this weird convergence of points. What was that? It, I I didn't really. I, I wanted to look into that a little yeah, more. He it, said something about the. It was the something lines. I can't remember what it's called. But Nasdaq lines. Is no, it? No, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> but it was it was like it was like they were being pulled toward the earth. Uh-huh. Where at the same time this electromagnetic force was being pushed up from the earth. Yeah. It's it's through through this cord. So it's something really, else that's really pretty wild. That stuck into my head, and this is kind of we're jumping a little bit, but like one of the things that they they do this thing called the Estes method, right? Mm. Where it's essentially they put this they put these uh, headphones on and a blindfold on so it's sort of sem- sensory depth in a way mm-hmm. to where all they're getting is this feed in their headphones mm-hmm. that is it's a device that scans through scans through radio frequencies am radios frequencies i, I don't know if it's i don't, I don't know phone, but like yeah it scans through frequencies and just enough to where you'll pick up 
certain like just individual words and mm-hmm. the whole I- the idea is that you're they can communicate through it essentially there's there's way more to it if you're interested in it look it up mm-hmm. but one of the things that they talked about in season 1 i believe it was season 1 is something about um do they had these tones was that season 2 or season 1 season got, 2 okay they got these tones mm-hmm. they're in a cave they're doing the yeses method and dana is hearing these tones Boop, boop, boop. Da, da, da. Da, da, da. Right? Mm-hmm. And one of the things that she says is, uh, it, through the SS method, is do it in the space between. Right? Mm-hmm. Am I not, am I going crazy? No, uh, that was, I think that was when Tyler was having his SS method session. Which my his point, was, his was fucking My point wild. is, my point is this though. They mention the whole space between thing in a couple of different places, mm-hmm. but they don't make the connections that maybe they're the same thing. Like there's there's the tone. I swear to you, when she's doing the tones, it, it talks about do it in the space between. Uh-huh. And then they talk about like like the the I believe I want to say it's the Estes message when they were doing it with the God helmet that they're communicating in sorry in the spaces between. I'm pretty sure they mentioned both of them. And both places. Really? And it kind of made the hairs of my arms stand up. I'm like, wait a minute. Like, maybe they're already, like, sort of there or something. I don't I don't know how to take it, but it's weird. Hmm. And they brought that up again toward the end. I swear, because I, I swear Tyler said something about it during his. And his. He, might, he very much. His was his, creepy. His, his, his was method, weird. His Estes method. Uh, thing was different because well they use the ghost box right when they when they um when they do it with uh every other time when they do it in the series they do it with a a computer program right Mm -hmm. i can't remember the guy's name but there was there was uh this guy who made um just very rare 200 of them yeah and and greg newkirk got his hands on one so he's got like one of 200 of these things made in in the world and they said when you experience the Estes method with this thing, as compared to doing it with the computer program, yeah, it's a completely different ball game. Like you literally feel like you're being swept up in these, like in the energy that's flowing through this thing. And uh, and so they have Tyler do a, an Estes method session, mm-hmm. and his is messed up. Yeah, like his is his is definitely the most impressive as far as like what happens on screen because well, somebody else. Like when people are doing this, the the sounds are so loud in there in the cans that they're wearing that they can't hear what's going yeah. on around them. So people will be asking them questions, and sometimes the person who's doing it won't answer, or sometimes they'll say something that's completely random. Yeah. But Tyler, when he was doing it, it's like the questions were, they would ask a question. It was poignant. They like, would get an answer. Yeah. It's and he it even was, says one thing. What's your name? He goes, My name is Michael. Yeah. Like that. That gave me. Goosebumps. Yeah, and they're, like, and they're like, what do you look like? And he says, the angel. It's like, oh, And the weird thing is, <laughs> is then, that oh, and then, that's not the first time it happened. Earlier in the series, in the season rather, they did it in the, the domes in Point Pleasant. Yeah. And that was a pretty crazy one too, that where one they were a, actually talking well, back was, and forth. Yeah, because that was, they had Dana in doing the God, helmet. the God helmet, which is this weird thing that like they put all these uh, these like nodes on, yeah. her, on her head it's and, not electromagnetism, and, but it's like magnetic field things. Well, it's, it is electromagnetic. Well, it's like he a, was talking in a, in a in a in a 
podcast I was listening to, mm-hmm. he goes, there are people that are making knockoff God helmets that put actual electromagnetics oh, in God. them. And he goes, you're going to give yourself a fucking tumor. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> like, don't do that. <laughs> That's not how the God helmet's made. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> It's don't. not electromagnets. It's just things that create uh, magnetic fields okay is basically what it is yeah <laughs> very different things yeah leave this leave this <laughs> shit to people who know what they're talking about geez um but sh- so she is wearing this thing and uh it, it's essentially supposed to like they've they've figured out through research like uh researchers have figured out that in certain certain areas of the world where people are prone to having religious experiences like where they see angels or they talk to god there are um electromagnetic like the 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 electromagnetic fields are amplified yeah in those spots and And so this thing kind of this thing kind of uh imitates that and it's supposed to kind of put you in a state where you where you kind of have that same kind of um that kind of experience but uh uh dana's kind of well versed in this and she she knows how to she knows how to do it without it really like well she's done it enough to where she knows how to handle she it can she navigate knows what it. to expect she, she navigate, can navigate yeah. it yeah. and so they put her in the god helmet so she's experiencing it's a great new metal band name by the way god helmet god helmet <laughs> so she's experiencing this thing and then they put connor in the uh the the headphones and they're doing the estes method with him and these two start talking back and forth with each other he can't hear anything that she's saying. Yeah. And they're just kind of communicating back and forth. It's really bizarre. There were, I mean, there were... There was something... There were, a, there were a few things where I felt like they made a leap. Like, at one point in time, he said database. And she's... And, and she kind of, like... it It's... Like, well, they, they it, have this whole language and there's this thing in the data. Yeah, it was like it was like sure. it was like. But her explanation, conjecture. I did sort of believe though, where she's well, talking about how they speak. Sorry, sorry, but no, no, they, no, they, they speak through feelings. Like, like they instead of saying words, like one word can mean a bunch of different things. And when they when they, it's almost like the color red, they feel it. Right. And like they can express through colors and this and that. That I think is actually kind of fascinating. It was a it was a very long explanation for one word. Yeah. But at the same time, I I don't think it's bullshit because you, you've you've heard of people having uh, um, extraterrestrial experiences where they're communicating with, you know, whatever these be- beings are that they're communicating with. Sure. And they're not doing it with words. They're, Look at they're close lit- encounters they're, for the third time. Yeah, they're they're, they're third, speak- third time, third, third time. <laughs> they're speaking through emotion. Yeah, through you know but what it's, I mean. It's 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 um flashing lights and colors. Oh yeah, yeah. That's what close encounters was. Uh huh. What the fuck did they know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, going back oh, to dude, I, Tyler's. I told, I told you you should. Sorry, this is a sidebar, but you should listen to uh, Armada by Ernest Klein, mm-hmm. same guy that did Ready Player One. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's all about like, it's all about. Uh, preparing humans for the eventual arrival of aliens by desensitizing them over the years, like Star Wars, Space Invaders. They talk about like, that in the, uh, the oh god, was it this or was it a podcast I was listening to? But, I don't think it was this. No, so they're talking about that. They're talking about another guy 
that theorized that everything that happened in the 1950s and 60s with the UFO stuff mm -hmm. was an entire, the whole point of all that was disinformation, sort of to start, or not, not I'm sorry, not, not disinformation. Desensitization. It, it was Sort uh... of. It was a way to get the public consciousness to start thinking differently about this stuff. Yeah. That, and that's a, oh, dude, dude, goosebumps. <laughs> because, because what he's talking about in that book is exactly what there was a theory about the stuff back in the 50s, which makes uh -huh. me wonder if that guy heard that story and, oh my God, this world's amazing. <laughs> um, one, back, to, back to Tyler's um, Estes method thing, mm -hmm. though. One of the things that I thought was super creepy and super weird, and they barely touched on it, was the fact that Dana... While he's he's in his in his S's method, well, he's doing already, his thing. I'm right? already getting chills because I know what you're gonna say. She goes, I just heard something either fall or climb up the balcony. And the, dude, look at my arms. Look at my arms That's right sick, now. Dude. <laughs> like Oh dude, look at that. Yeah, yeah. Like so, 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 I got crazy goosebumps. So, so Tyler's right in now. the S's method or whatever, they're talking, and Dana stops and she goes, I just heard something behind me on this balcony. Either falling down a story, because they were I think they were up on like a the yeah, that was floor. like the second level of the either uh, falling cabin down, hitting, or crawling up something. She heard it, and then like maybe thirty seconds later, um, when Tyler comes out of it, he goes, "I just felt something grab." No, he's, no, he says it while he's still in it. Was he still in it? Yeah, well, he was still in it. And it regardless, because, because it felt because, like a rope around my leg pulling me for a second. Because he was talking in that weird accent the whole time. Yes, like so weird. Like he, like they said, they said Those pimples. Like even even <laughs> Dana said, Dana said uh, Tyler's Tyler's Estes method session was one of the strangest I've ever seen because all of a sudden he adopted this weird accent. And he was saying, like, this shit he was saying yes. was just so weird. And then she says that thing, like, I just heard something fall or climb up. And then he broke the accent. Oh, like, yes. He wasn't right, speaking. Right, in the, right. and, and all of a sudden he goes, I feel like something just wrapped around my calf. That can't be coincidence. No, dude. I'm dude. sorry. That can't be coincidence. And that's, it's so weird. And these are the things where I'm just like, there's more to this than, than, than I think we want to believe like and that's that's where i get that's where i get caught up because earlier i said i try and come in with like a i i'll call it a rational mind instead yeah, of cynical even though like sometimes i get kind of cynical there's about gotta this be stuff. a certain point though when you're but, just like but the goosebumps that i just had on my arm a minute ago are proof to me that i believe in this stuff way more than i don't believe in it yeah, you know dude, what i mean it's it's yeah dude there, there's so much stuff like i feel like we're we're getting towards the end of the episode here but we do need to talk about a couple of things excuse sure. me we have to talk about the amy call oh yeah jeez. and we have to talk about pan this is probably we probably should do we we should have like, like we, a two-parter for this we always we always do this where it's like we we literally could have done a 10 part probably 10 part retrospective on for this. season three we'll at least do a two-part we'll watch like the first Absolutely. half of it report on it and then we'll do the second half um, and and if they don't hate us, we will actually we'll have all of them on. <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. Come on, guys. Actually, uh, I mean, we're gonna tag you in all of this posting stuff. So if you're actually gonna listen to this, come on the show. You can you can come to my house. <laughs> yeah, doesn't sound creepy at all. <laughs> um, okay, without wasting any more time, um, Amy. So halfway through the the season, we get introduced to the character. I say character because I don't actually believe that's her real name. But this oh, person, no, right, yeah. this person named named Amy, right? And um, she basically sends an email 
before hell your season one ever aired, they got this email, right? So they thought they were freaking out about it because at first they thought somebody saw the cut of hell year. Oh, Somebody's yeah. fucking with us. Right, right. 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 But they quickly, and, and the, the, the weird thing about this email <clears throat> is that it was exactly like the, like David Christie, David Christie email. Yeah. Like to a T, I saw these things. The go- it's government conspiracy. It's but human also, sacrifice. It's but, people in robes. But also even stranger. Crazy also shit. even stranger because with David Christie there was like this, uh, like this level of an- anonymity where sure. they couldn't even like they well, they went to hell. They come to found realize out, that like, they, they don't believe David Christie, David Christie was a real person. Yeah, but with Amy, she's like, my name is Amy. I have a theory about that too. With Amy, she's like, my name is Amy bleep because uh-huh. they bleeped out her last name i live at bleep because she gave her entire address and they're like this is it's like david christie except for filling in the blanks because she gave us almost yeah. too much information you know what i mean well and do you get the impression though that the person that i'm weird on the amy thing mm-hmm. i'm a little bit weird on it I I understand that she is a, a a apparently a real person because they they actually apparently got even I learned in one of the podcasts they got her social security number her driver's license number all really? this stuff she gave all of that stuff to yeah. them to prove that she was real mm-hmm. so I don't I one hundred percent believe the fact that the person that sent this email was a real person I get that right. The weird thing about this, though, and they talk about it in the show, is that it almost seems like it was an answer to their frustrations to the David Christie email. Yeah. Where it's like, we didn't have this, but we got it here. We didn't have this, but we got it here. Yeah. You know, it seems it seems so opposite. Almost like the person that sent the original email goes, okay, I'm going to give you way more this time. Because uh-huh. it does, it's so similar. Even down to the tagline on the subject. It's so similar oh how it's that it's hard not yeah. to draw comparisons to it but um the thing is when you're watching this and i know that you said it you're like well i mean who is this amy person why don't they try to find her why don't they try to talk to her they do this, the, <laughs> and this was like i i had only watched what two two yeah. or three episodes at the time i was like well look, they've got this they got this woman who gave them all this information and then they went a few more episodes without yep. actually finding her yeah and then when they do the the little teaser at the end of that they do like uh it's a your your butthole pucker. It's like it? a face. It did, it's right? like a FaceTime <laughs> trying to connect, and then you see Newkirk go, "Oh hey, Amy." I was like, "Oh shit." <laughs> <laughs> um, and even that's sort of weird. Like, uh, I got more um, uh, more insight to this by listening to the one of the podcast today because mm-hmm. they were talking about how they were trying to think of ways they could sneak in an audio device into the jail to record it because really? they figure we're going to have to go there. They're not going to allow video, this and that. Like they were trying to literally figure out ways to record this conversation and yeah. that, and that Carl would have to find an animator to like animate the scenes or, or do something for the show and this uh-huh. and that. And then they realized that there are some prisons in the United States that basically have a system set up that more or less is like the jail version of Facebook that huh. the inmates can just access. Really? And it's like you can text people in jail at like 25 cents a text. Like you pay for it a little bit. But like there's apparently – they were flabbergasted by it too. They had no idea that this even existed. I mean I guess if you can have a pen, pal in, pen pal in jail, then why, why not, not have right? a Facebook pal and in jail? Not, and, and, and quite frankly, if you're not close to people who have ever been in jail, you would never know what systems they have in place. Sure. Yeah. But apparently that's a thing. So when they found out about that, it was like 
kind of a much easier way in, mm-hmm. you know? And it seems, it, it actually seems very weird if you're not familiar with it. Like we both were just like, you can just have a video chat. Yeah. And j- like, it seems weird, right? But like, apparently that's a thing. Yeah. Who knew? Yeah. Like that's, they didn't. And so I, I told you after the Amy thing happened, I don't believe for a second that that video was faked. It looked, sound, sounded, and felt authentic, right? Yeah. That being said, that being said, the the similarities between the David Christie emails and her email mm-hmm. are so strikingly similar, and the way that she was answering questions, almost like she was trying to remember something that she was told, mm. was a little odd mm. to me. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you took it. Um, it was a little bit odd. I don't know if I picked up on that. I think I was more caught up in what she was saying in her first couple of emails mm-hmm. because it was so. I was like, I was, I when I heard the first couple, the first email from her, the first couple, I was like, this is either, this is either a paranoid schizophrenic, or somebody who lives in a place. Of pure evil, <laughs> because apparently some schizophrenic of, though that knows all the same things that happened two years previous. Well, like, that's, that's, the, that's that's the thing when he, when they FaceTimed with her, she it's was weird. A, she was a elementary school teacher or whatever, a third grade teacher. Like she seemed totally, she she seemed like she had a good head on her shoulders. Sure, sure, sure. And she's like, "This has completely ruined my life." Like, and, knowing and, and you this believe stuff, her, right? Yeah, kind of. I I did too. And but the, but the stuff that she's saying is so insane that it's like, how could that possibly be true? But then they're talking to Nathan Isaacs, who again get him on the third season because he's awesome. Um, he's so, gen, he's genuine. Some of the that's what it is about him. He is genuine. Oh, like yeah. When you listen to him talk, he's not making this shit up. Right. Like he he comes off and makes you believe and understand that he's. And just they, a dude finding shit. They said he was developing a podcast on... I want to know what it is. I know. <laughs> it was like a, a year in the life of Somerset or something, because Somerset, if you don't know, Somerset, Kentucky is apparently a hotbed of yep. of paranormal activity sure. and just weird shit going on. Almost even more so than Hellier and, and the other places. Yeah. Like, like he, Somerset seems like the the place. Yeah. Um, I... Yeah, I like he, he almost kind of corroborated some of the stuff that she was saying. Though. Yeah, like he said 100%. that he said that there was a woman who uh, I can't remember what the story was, but she had she had crossed somebody in the town because they were asking, "Is there secret societies in this town?" And he's like, he's like, okay, he's like, I you know like I don't know whether to talk about this or not, but this woman apparently crossed somebody in the secret society few days later she's walking down the street boom hit by a hit by a truck okay. hit and so run this the person brings gone. us to something that was left out of the season we're oh. gonna go over time tonight i don't get yeah shit. that's fine that's fine um so they talk about this on the uh, they did a podcast with uh, with an australian podcast guys right uh-huh. and one of the stories they left out of the season was the story there's this guy named the, the, i think the guy telling the story is a guy named nate Mm-hmm. Okay, and they call it the Nate story. It's, I've, I've people have talked about it online too, and I, I went down the Reddit rabbit hole today too, like everywhere. So this guy named Nate tells this story about there was a police chief in Somerset 
that was also looking into all this stuff. And he decided after learning about stuff, I guess, or, or doing whatever, he decided to start exposing it and start going public with it to shut it down mm-hmm. and get involved with it. Like he was going to take a stand against it. Right. Yeah. Um, and he was a police chief. Yeah. Um, he ended up getting taken out by a sniper what? at a family barbecue. Really? Yes. I mean, I mean that this is the story that that's being told and, you take that though, and they they decided to leave this out of the out of the out of the, the the show because they don't want to like paint Somerset as this place. Like they sure. don't want to give that impression off. They, you know what I'm saying? They don't right. want to start these things. And, they, and and this leads me to believe there's a lot that was left out probably of the series. Mm-hmm. But the reason, one of the reasons, it makes sense though, because one of the reasons why they looked so strongly at Somerset is because when you learn about this stuff and you hear these stories or whatever, there's precedence for weird stuff happening and people getting reprimanded, basically. That's, that seems like a pretty mild, mild choice. Term, it's yeah. a mild term, but like there, there are people that are, that are facing backlash for talking about this stuff and maybe exposing it. Huh. And so you couple that sniper, that Nate story with the story that... Um, Nathan. Nathan. What? Same guy. <laughs> oh. I don't know. <laughs> Interesting. Point is, though, couple that with the story about the woman that got taken out by a car or whatever, mm-hmm. and it's like, that's two stories that are strikingly similar. Well, and then Amy being put in prison because she suddenly started talking well, about and or then, investigating and this then, stuff. And then we're going to go back to David Christie for a second here and that house that they were looking for, right? Yeah. So you have, so, so this is, there's way more in this in the season. If you haven't watched the season, watch it. Cause yeah. it's, there's so much that's going to fill in the blanks of what we're talking about. But you know, David M Christie was the guy's house. They were looking for. He was the original guy that sent the email or whatever. Mm-hmm. They come to find out they found the actual house, right? Yeah. Through a series of circumstances, just watch the show. You'll figure it out. But they find the actual house that they couldn't find in season one. They find it in season two. Mm-hmm. And they do records on the property. They find out the house was owned by somebody named David, David. M. Parsons. Parsons. Yeah. Which is strikingly similar in the obvious way. Mm-hmm. But then there's a whole other sub part of the series that talks about power names. Yeah. And names that show up in lots of different places and are attached to phenomena or, or whatever. Parsons is one of those names. Mm-hmm. So it is exceedingly odd yeah. that it's that, right? Might and even that, say it's highly strange. <laughs> dude. But then, but then, and they don't ever draw a parallel to this. If they're taken out people by hitting by cars, taking out people by sniper, Suddenly, David Christie disappears. Records are gone out of the city. If the government or whoever is in on it, right, mm. as they theorize at mm-hmm. times, wouldn't be that difficult to get rid of. And his house was burned down. House was burned they down. destroyed the fucking evidence. Wow. Look at my arms. <laughs> Gro- goosebumps. They don't talk about this at all in the show. Not to say that they never thought about it themselves, regardless, well, but like... There's a season three coming, so I'm sure... That, but that's crazy, right? That's and weird. season three gets brought back to where it all starts. They do tease that a little bit. They go, they go. there was a bombshell that came out 
right before they aired season one. Like somebody reached out to them with this crazy ass, humongous bombshell lead that they are fine that they cannot not follow up on. And so apparently that's where season three is going to like have a lot to do with. Yeah. Thing is though, is like that David Christie house, the fact that it was burnt down, why did I don't understand how they could not look at that and go, they're destroying evidence. Clearly, somebody reached out. They didn't want anybody going there. They're destroying <laughs> the evidence. Like, that's crazy yeah, to me. That's weird. I'm not kidding you. I think my balls have goosebumps right now. <laughs> like, that's really I, I weird. love this stuff. Like, yeah. I'm all in. I said that from the beginning. I am all in on this. I yeah. can take my rational hat off and I can literally. I can swim in the strangeness because I want to believe well, that that there's more going on in this world, nefarious or not. Yeah, I want to believe there's more going on in this world. I finished, so I'm in. So I finished watching. You've watched it already. You rewatched it with me. I finished the season last night, and yep. over the past twenty, because it's been about twenty four hours since I finished entirely. Um, I I've just I've I've like I've come I, like I like it even more. The more I think about it, the more time goes by. I think back on all the little details of this season and I'm just like, "Oh my god, dude, I cannot wait for season 3." Right? It's it's so it's just so weird. And like I, I said, like I said earlier, if if it's a if it's a hoax, which I don't think it is. This is real if, life X-Files. <laughs> which I don't think it is. If it is a hoax, fucking Give them all Oscars. Bravo. <laughs> it's agree. the best hoax ever. But I don't think it is, I which makes either. it even crazier. And it really is like real life X Files. It do it totally like, le- le- legitimately it, it is. And it makes me it makes me so envious that it's happening to them. I'm like I'm like And part of me is like we live really close to some of these people. I just, I'm wanna, like, I just wanna like start door knocking like, can we please come along? Yeah, uh, uh, Connor, could we could we uh can I, we please be your buddies? <laughs> I'll go in the caves. <laughs> we'll bring beer. We'll go in the caves. That's the thing, though. Is okay. They already got a. They already got a guy that'll go in the caves first. Yeah, Tyler. Mm-hmm. So what can we bring to the team? No beer. Oh, beer. Yeah, beer. We'll be, we'll be the <laughs> beer, beer guys. Beer and dick jokes. We I, got. We got you covered. I do like. By the end of this season, they're basically just getting drunk in a cave. Yeah, yeah which is like which that. is cool. Which God, we need to. Talk, there's so much to talk oh, about. Oh, dude, I, I'm telling you, like we should not have. This done... This is going to be a two and a half hour episode. I don't yeah. even care. It's going to happen. Yeah. So the big one of the big um, uh, things that they realize in this is it's the discovery of the Green Man, which eventually. God, there's goes, so much goes we back talked to about. the little green men somehow. <laughs> but point is, point yeah. is, one of the big developments though is the is the discovery of a lot of references towards the green man, which is this ancient, super ancient elder god, basically. Is like that, a is forest that, is that god? The forest god. Yeah. Um, that is, it's basically like the, the god of of animals and the god of the forest, the god of life, that kind of thing, yeah. right? He shows up everywhere a lot in European, um, like old European uh, architecture. Mm-hmm. Everybody, I guarantee you, has seen that face of like the old shaggy looking dude blowing with his his cheeks blown out or whatever. Like that's that's a version of the green man. They showed it in the in the, yeah, in yeah, the thing. Yeah. I know that I've seen that before. I've seen I've seen the carvings of the guys with the giant long beards. Like mm-hmm. I, it's very familiar, even though I had no idea what it was. Yeah. And somehow, long story short, the the this idea of Pan 
Pan being another name for the green man. Like Pan is like kind of like the the most recognized name I think for that that version of the god. Um uh weren't they two separate things? No. No. No, they were no, I they they started off sort of separate but then they I think they they realized that they were all iterations of the exact same thing. Okay. Um which once again, like I was telling you before, my that thing I was telling you about energy and how I feel about religion and all that. Mm-hmm. One of the other things that I've, I've I've always thought is that all religions come from the same place. It, very similar to the telephone game that you used to play when you were a kid in school, where you'd have a huge circle of people, and one person starts at one end, tells the person next to them something, right? And then by the time it goes all the way around into the circle, back to the original person completely different purple monkey dishwasher yeah whatever we call it a telephone game <laughs> but that's how i've always felt about religion like i think religion uh at its core mm-hmm. something happened something was there something was something i am not smart enough to pretend that i know what that was right dude but hold on but something was something carl's hypnosis session yeah he says that the green men are the minions of the something. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Uh, just saying. This season, surprisingly light on synchronicities. There was like Uh, two episodes. Well, hold on. There were like two episodes that went real deep in on them. (laughs) If you play the synchronicity drinking game uh, for the first episode, episode. (laughs) you will go to the hospital. It's very true. (laughs) You will have to get your stomach pumped. But then after like... Season eight though, or season eight, episode (laughs) eight though, I think had seven or eight, somewhere around there. There's another episode where they kind of get heavy into it. But that's it. It's like the first two and then you don't hear it that much. And then they kind of lean back into it for a little while. (laughs) Um, But though, what we were talking about, um, I've always felt like like... the core beliefs of every single religion are the same, mm-hmm. at least similar enough to where you can see similarities, mm-hmm. right? And one of the things that they talk about Pan is that, like, Pan's a super old, like, crazy old god. Like, back, what was the earliest date the, they said? And the word Pan means all. Means all. Yeah. But what was like the earliest date where they think they found a cave painting of some of something that they believe represents Pan? Oh geez, like twelve thousand BC or something yeah, like that. It was, it was a, crazy long yeah. time ago. Um, and and, so, and and the whole idea was like you were supposed to go through a trial or an initiation, yes. to even be able to meet the god yes. Pan, yes. which is this whole season kind of revolves around this overarching idea that what they're doing, somebody is testing them and initiating them to reach an ultimate (laughs) to reach an ultimate uh to reach an ultimate i don't know though like i like i got to i got to the end dude keep on point keep on point no i'm staying on point (laughs) i got to the end and i was like hold on they think that they might be like being initiated for some reason and it's got them chasing after these elder gods and stuff like that. Yeah. And invoking Pan. Like, what if they're, what if without them realizing it, they're actually being initiated and pointed in the direction of like bringing about the end of days? <laughs> we, could, we could probably use a clean slate. <laughs> <laughs> 
You know, I'm like, cause I did, they're, cause I they're, did cause, have this idea cause they're, though, because they're because they're following the steps because they're so intrigued by what's going on. But what if it's like here's, every step that they do, they're getting closer and closer to Armageddon. Here's the crazy thing. That would be awesome. If you will indulge me. Right. What is one of the what does what does what Pan represent? What does Pan represent? Yes. Pan is the god of all <laughs> the forest, animals, nature, right? Sure, yeah. Nature god. The Fae, he was he was heavily. What involved is with one the of fae. what is one of the biggest world things going on right now? Uh global warming. Yes. Or climate climate change, climate climate change, change. rather. Yeah. How we are killing the planet. Mm-hmm. What better time for a god that represents all life on the planet to start rearing its head again when we are destroying its domain? Think about that. Hmm? I mean, I'm not saying that I believe in fucking Pan. Like, (laughs) I I believe in the idea of it, though. Like, I do believe that there might be something there. You know what I'm saying? I don't know that I believe in Pan 100% as it's... You know, well, yeah, the, out, little, but the like, little half man, half goat with the pan well, flute. He's, like, he's cute, but yeah, he's super cute. Um, <laughs> no, but like, it's it, think about that. It's kind of crazy. Like, we it's do live in a world right now where, like, literally nature is getting completely destroyed. And here's this nature god that is basically forgotten about. Now it's just like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will come back. But here's another thing. They do. They talk a lot in this in in the in the season about the idea that. Pan is kind of like the only forgotten god. He's the like only ev- Greek god to die. To, to die, right? Mm-hmm. And and a lot of that came because of Christians. They came and basically took over pagan sites and pagan holidays and pagan this and that. And mm-hmm. they they merged everything together to the point where Pan was just kind of forgotten about. And well, died. no, they what they did was they took Pan this. Oh, they merged him with the devil. This, yeah, they took they took Pan this horned being. And merged it with the idea of the biblical Satan, so that because they knew that the pagans, if they were going to convert the pagans to Christian Christianity, they weren't going to, they weren't going to uh, just suddenly believe in. Sure, in, they were playing a long game. Right, what they were doing. So they were merging their two belief systems. So <laughs> they they merged Pan with Satan to make. Yeah. basically what our iteration of Satan, of Satan is. Was. And it wasn't just that, though, too. Like, Isn't you know, it the, weird that it's lasted this long, then? You know, like that idea, that, you know, well, the, the not horned, really, the Not really, because devil. Christmas, December 25th, that's a pagan holiday. Pagan holiday, yeah. A, a lot of the main Christian holidays mm-hmm. are pagan holidays. They took them over simply because of of to, to to force people into their belief structure is what it was. Yeah. Um and and so knowing that kind of stuff though and then hearing that story about with this and how they I had never heard the whole pan satan story. Yeah. But it all makes sense though. It all fits into these things that I've put stock into my whole life, you know, or at least my adult life, you know what I'm saying, in right. terms of the way that I view religion. So like, like that stuff you hear it, it speaks to me 100% cuz I'm I'm on that Excuse me, I'm on that drink. I'm on that <laughs> wavelength, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and and so that is all fascinating to me. And I just there's no part of me that dismisses that whatsoever. Like I I do believe that this this elder forest god, right, was a thing that people believed in. Whether I don't know how much power it had, I don't know whether or not it was completely real, but I do believe in the power of 
of uh, of of energy. You, I was gonna say, you believe in the energy that you get like, enough people that like, believe in something. Enough energy is going to go somewhere and do something. Like at, like at the end of this season, they're they're literally in a cave, invoking invoking Pan. Which <laughs> I saw a meme online, which I, I fucking cracked up. It was a guy standing next to a little tiny domino, mm-hmm. and then the dominoes exponentially grew up to be these giant skyscrapers yeah. and at the beginning of it it says finding tr- fi- uh, finding goblins in a cave resurrecting elder gods <laughs> <laughs> i thought it was really funny that's awesome because <laughs> it's kind of true oh like, yeah for really sure. yeah it really takes a job <laughs> we went looking for goblins we ended up bringing back <laughs> pan the elder god <laughs> i and and that's the thing. Even the like, goblins were like, "Where the fuck did you get off?" <laughs> that's the thing is, I was watching them invoke Pan, and I, and I was like, like I don't, I don't personally put too much stock into that. Like I didn't, I didn't think that. Uh, are you saying that you are the Scully to my Mulder? Well, I yeah. like it's not. Well, hold on, it's not like I, it's not like I thought that, uh, and and they probably didn't think this either. I didn't think a little Billy Goat Gruff was gonna fucking come out and start dancing around and playing his pan flute. But no. the, but when they said, I suddenly felt this like energy move through the through the through the cave. Mm-hmm. I do I do put some stock in that. You know what I mean? Like I who like, knows, right? And and to me, to me, I'm watching this and I'm thinking about it and I'm thinking about this possible initiation that they're going through, and I'm like. I think that this was kind of a step along the way. Like I don't, sure. th- I don't think that they were meant to be in that cave. And 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 actually, they get to this too. Like they get, they get through their their ritual, and they're con- they're all kind of bummed out about nothing happening. So they and, drank, and then and then actually, <laughs> Strand was the one that pulled them out of. He's it. like, he's well, like, fuck this. If we're here, let's he's like, we're here to do. We're here to. We're supposed to push through this. Yeah. So we drink and we move deeper into this cave and we realize that what we're doing is something very special. And I was like, fuck yeah, Strand, that's rad. And they all like were in higher spirits after that. And I was like, I think like there might be something to this idea that, be- that they're being initiated because it was all just like this whole thing. It was a very intricate mm-hmm. process that they went through and it might just be another step along the way. If they're like if if they actually if what is happening to them is actually what they think is happening to them, I'm very much looking forward to seeing how fucked up the next few seasons are. Uh y- yeah, I, it, <laughs> what they're going to uncover in the next couple seasons, I feel like is going to be a bit mind boggling because it's just going to get crazier from here. I feel like, and I am I'm so so very much looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, before we wrap up here, I do want to get your thoughts on uh, on two things real quick. Mm-hmm. One, we don't even though it's kind of a big deal in the series. I just kind of want your impressions on it. What were your overall impressions on Alan Greenfield? Because he was a guy that <laughs> sort of seemed like an enigma in the first season. Like, uh-huh. like it almost seemed like they couldn't get a hold of him. Right. And then in this season, it's like, well, let's just get a hold of Alan Greenfield, and suddenly he was there. Right. It, it <laughs> well, was kind of odd. Well. First of all, my first impression of him because I pretty quickly saw that discrepancy mm-hmm. in the math and I go, "Hold on a second. Is this guy full of shit?" <laughs> like that's and and so honestly, like I uh, I I didn't write him off, but I, I was like I was like there's something there's something not right about this, yeah. you know what I mean? And then I realized, of course, 
I'm an idiot because I I could have I could have just realized that there was a, a a number missing in the in the the cipher and it's I, not it wasn't only you like I said that was screwed up on the screen too so it's yeah but I because I noticed it so quickly it it messed me up for the rest sure, of the episode sure. but at the same time I thought that I had uncovered some sort of conspiracy so I, <laughs> so I was really excited about it uh, green, you were jolted either way Greenfield I don't know man I. I bl- He's obviously very knowledgeable about this stuff. There's a part of me where, like, he talks about before they even went to meet him and they were talking about him in the show. I was like, and this is me coming in with no knowledge whatsoever of Alan Greenfield or any of the other stuff. I was like, just the way that they talk about, like, maybe Alan Greenfield is Terry Wrist. I, I thought then, the exact same thing. And then even when they said to him, like, you know, some, you know, there's a part of us that thought maybe you were Terry Wrist, and he kind of like closes his eyes and he's like, no, no, it's not me. And I you was know, just like, maybe it still is. I don't do know. Do I believe that he is Terry Wrist at this point? I don't think so. I'm leaning on the side of no. No, I don't that think so being either, said, anymore either. That being said. You can't help but draw, at least for me, you can't help... You've seen all the Star Wars movies up until like the new ones, right? Yeah. Okay. You, I, I can't help but draw parallels between Terry Wrist talking to Greg in the same way that Palpatine was talking mm-hmm. to Anakin <laughs> in the prequels, uh-huh. where he's just like... He's just telling him what he wants to hear, and but behind him he goes, "Yes, now come into my plan." Ha 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 ha! You know, like there very much comes across that way. <laughs> like there's certain times where Greg and Connor are are talking to him, and he just has this shit-eating grin on his face where he's like, "Yes, you're falling into my plan." Like it's, like, it's working. Yeah, it, it does though, right? Like uh-huh. it really, really does. Yeah. That being said, that being said, that's kind of my 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 fun takeaway from it because yeah. I mean, who knows? He could be way more than anybody's giving him credit for, sure. right? He could be a complete shyster, trickster, whatever you want to call him. <laughs> that being said, he also comes across as very genuine. Yeah, he really does. He comes off as a dude that like. I'm just kind of loving this. Like, I haven't been in this game in a long time. I wrote all these books when I was younger. I used to be a Thelemite. I used to do all this. He's still very much a part of it in certain circles, yes. But, like, this could just be fun for him, too, because here's this new thing, and he's just excited and, and, and whatever. It's, and, he, and, he come, and he does come off, for all intents and purposes, genuine, where he's just answering questions. And in his opinion, he's just trying to whatever. So it's... it's I, I will end it on saying that I have I have a hard time getting a firm grasp on Greenfield. Yeah, you know I lean towards that he's fine and he's telling the truth and this and that. Uh-huh. But it's it's like trying to grab like a like a like a slippery slug. You know you gotta it, it's it's hard to get a good grip on it, but you can. You know <laughs> who's who's trying to full on palm grab a slug. I don't know slug how, wrang- slug wranglers. <laughs> how big is this slug? It's huge. It's huge. <laughs> and, it wears, and, it wears, and it wears Hawaiian shirts. <laughs> Could have used anything. Went with a giant slug. I, I, I'm uh, trying to think of something slippery in your hands. I don't know. Um, 
my point I think is, it's, my point is though. I think it's, uh, it's like, yes, you can hold on to it, but it's not the easiest thing in the world to hold on to. Is all I'm saying. It's an, it's interesting to me. Like you look at Greenfield and uh, and John Tenney, who shows up toward the end of the yeah. last episode. Totally unassuming guys, you know. Sure. Like you'd never look at them and be like, "These guys." I are... believe John Tenney more than I believe Greenfield. Sure. <laughs> to be honest, yeah, totally. Maybe not um, by much. You'd but... never look at these guys though, and know and and think like these guys know some shit. You yeah, know? right. Like, but it's weird. Like, uh, <laughs> there's there's Greenfield. Like you said, he's just kind of this like sort of a Joe Schmo looking dude in a fucking Hawaiian <laughs> shirt. I kind of love that about but him. But he's one, but he's one of the leading authorities on on ultra terrestrials. The occult and yeah, like so unassuming. Yeah, it's just I it's, love it. It's really bizarre. Um I don't know. It's weird, man. I I I have a hard time getting a like you said, slippery little slug. I I have a hard time getting a grasp on any of them. I I I, I don't I, believe I need... that he's bad though. Like I don't believe that he's necessarily nefarious. I do believe I, there's a part of me that's I choosing think that to believe. He knows more than what he was giving off. There's though. a part of me that's choosing to believe that he is bad. I don't think he's just, bad. Just for fun. Just for fun. Just for fun. <laughs> just for fun. Like what I was saying earlier about them possibly being involved in some sort of ritual or some sort of initiation that's going to bring about the end of days. I kind of like the idea of this fucking. <laughs> it's like I believe this, but as an alt, I kind of like the idea of this fucking like. This, uh, like your nerdy uncle in a Hawaiian shirt being <laughs> being part of the process that brings about the end of days. Yeah. Something about me that really likes that idea. So I'm going to choose to believe that There's, maybe he's completely evil. So in the re... Here's another thing that I found when I was looking online. There was um, part of his um, Secret Cipher book, right? Was re-released and it, was, it, had, it had some artwork in it that was done by a guy named something sellers i can't think of it i can't remember his full name something sellers though and he did this weird reinterpretation of this old picture that that depicted a group of five musicians sitting in like one had a tambourine one had a guitar uh one had a uh something else i forget there's five of them in a circle and then they're worst like, live show ever right um but the the re he took this old photograph though or this old picture that was drawn right uh-huh. and he reimagined it for this book that greenfield wrote right only this time all of the five people in a row had uh, were people that were a part of the community, right? Alistair Crowley was in the middle. You had a, a bunch of other guys on their side, but they had the tambourine, they had the guitar, they mm-hmm. had it was all the very much the same. Mm-hmm. Now, in the middle of their, in the middle of their little like upward circle thing, yeah. was a teapot with what can only be described as a boner with <laughs> steam coming out of it. <laughs> Okay. Which is really odd, and it's in a completely different art style uh-huh. than the rest of the photo. But then behind them, there is someone who is depicted as Alan, Green's, Alan Greenfield mm-hmm. holding the hand of somebody else that's cut off in the picture. And there's a sign behind them that says, oh, God, do... Why would you not save this? 
to show to I, me. I should have saved it. I should have. You know what? We're going to pause it real quick, and we're going to come back, and I'm oh, going to find God. it. Okay, we're back. Um, power of editing. Hey, look at that. It's amazing. So here's the photo, James. Um, so this photo here, right, uh-huh. was initially cut off right here. Yeah. If you follow my, I know you can't see this at home, but it, it was cut off right here. Yeah. It came back around and up to here, right? It was a square, more or less. Uh-huh. This is supposed to be Greenfield right here. Okay. That's the original photo. Doesn't look like him. Right. That's the original photo with a tambourine, guitar, a violin, whatever, right? Uh-huh. Guy standing over here. This is the new one. It's obviously the same photo, just reimagined. Mm-hmm. Here's your teapot with the boner in a completely different art style, which is very strange. Weird. Um, here's the thing, though. It doesn't look like a teapot. It looks here's... like a, a cloaked figure. Oh, good point. They've always... You're right. Oh, my God. It has feet. I didn't yeah. even. Look, I didn't. I was going off what people were talking about earlier. <laughs> yes, you're right. It's a cloaked figure, probably a fucking green goblin. Mm. But here's the weird thing: behind it on the wall, there's a plaque that says "Do what thou wilt" or "wilt," right? Do what thou want. What people are saying about this photo, though, is that. Oh, can I not anymore? Yeah, here I'm trying to zoom in as much as possible. That didn't work at all. No, it really didn't. Okay. What people are trying to say here is that it says, do what thou wilt. Mm-hmm. However, the the word wilt almost looks like W-R-T, uh-huh. which would be Terry R. Wrist backwards. Okay. There are a lot of people that are drawing a weird thing to that saying the L doesn't make sense to be curved the way that it is, and it's very intentionally looking like an R to be Terry R. Wrist. Well, it's people not, think it, People think that this you could right also, here... You could also look at it this way in W-R... Small I S T. I don't know. Nah, nah I, yeah. I, 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 I see it more there. Yeah, to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah. People say this is Terry Rest, though. Okay. Because he's cut out of the photo. This photo that we're looking at right now is a bigger version of what is in the Greenfield book. And so this guy here that's cut out, where it looks like Greenfield is holding him by the wrist. Yeah. Oh, people yeah. think that that is Terry Rest. Okay. Which is very interesting. All right. Here's the other part that I find interesting. Look over at the other side here. Yeah. It's hard to it's it's hard to make out this word here, but this definitely says something of the Illuminati. Yeah. You see that? Uh-huh. World, World Tour World Tour 2003. Okay. That's weird to me. Right. You're getting all these weird this weird crazy high weirdness, right? That we've been getting throughout this entire thing and then there's this picture that is in the Euphonauts book. That has all this super odd, odd imagery. This right here, this alien, is definitely uh, one of the aliens that was seen in some... God, I know it, but I can't think of it. But I've seen that face before. See, this doesn't even look in. like an alien to me. It looks like a like a jester mask. It's... I, I can tell you... I, I wish that I had this up to show you right now, but there is definitely some stuff that I've seen in my research that is that face. Mm-hmm. And it's like one of the first terrestrials that somebody, maybe Crowley, had contact with mm-hmm. or something like that. But then you have it's, that and then it's the... It's bizarre, too, that like both of them are wearing sunglasses. Yeah. 
And then what is going on with this person's face? I don't right know. Here? It's almost another alien looking thing. <laughs> like it's weird. But then like I said, this whole Illuminati thing here. Like I'm not trying to be all conspiracy theorists and the Illuminati, but like <laughs> if you're if you're looking at everything that is going on though, and people are saying that it's high government and it's this and that, and it's people in power that are controlling all of this yeah. stuff, it's sort of difficult to not make parallels to stories of the Illuminati. Yeah. And then you have this photo that was used in this book that says that word there and very clearly everything in this photo is intentional. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah, it's bizarre. It's super bizarre. <clears throat> yeah. This just adds to <laughs> more of the high strangeness about this entire thing. Mm-hmm. You know, and they've not touched on this on the show. I literally found, I found this through a Reddit feed. Sure. And it's super interesting. Yeah. And I did see this photo in the actual book as well, so I know that it's actually in there. Mm-hmm. Um, Greenfield claims that when the book was re-released, he had no control over the art, and that that was something that was added afterwards. Mm-hmm. Take that take that for what you will, mm-hmm. but it's it's still there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's still weird, and it's still there. So yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Um, yeah, anyway, that's... Honest, honest, fucking, honestly, honestly, we could probably go on. <laughs> we oh could probably God. go on all night about I, this. I, I could make a five-hour podcast right now. I really could. I really, I enjoyed this season a lot. Uh, there's a lot to take in, just like the first season, except for, like Mike said, it seems a little more pointed, a little mm-hmm. more focused in this season. It's, I don't know. I liked yeah. it. I there, liked it a lot. There's a whole ending thing that we didn't even touch yeah, on. Yeah, we're not even going to get into it. It's just, it's too much information. It, it so really, it really go is. watch it. It's on Amazon Prime. Uh, it's on YouTube. YouTube. Hellier.tv. Hellier.tv. I, I believe is the website. Uh, go to Weak and Weird. Support the New Kirks and everything that they do. Yeah. It's really awesome stuff. Yep. Uh, support everybody in this, in this group. Uh, Connor Randall, Carl Pfeiffer. Uh, Greg and Dana Newkirk, the dude's podcast that we don't know what it is. Tyler Strand, Nathan, S- Nathan that. Isaacs, Nathan <laughs> Isaacs. If he has a podcast out there, I can't find it yet. But yeah. uh, these guys are doing some really cool stuff, and it's interesting as hell. I can't wait for season three. Yeah, to see what happens. Hopefully, it comes sooner rather than later. Hopefully, they're not uh, chopped into pieces by then. <laughs> Jeez, because they're they're really going into some yeah. weird stuff. So yeah. Uh, that's it for Hellier season two. This is a long episode. It was. But, uh, it was worth it though. Yeah, it was for totally us at worth least, it. it was worth it. Yeah, hopefully it was all right to listen to. Hopefully you watched season season two of well, Hellier before you, you listen to this. The thing is, even if you didn't and you listened to this entire episode, there's still so much more to learn. That's yeah. the best part about. It. We yeah, didn't, we didn't really ruin anything. <laughs> no, not really. I mean, maybe a couple of things, but there's yeah, there's so much more to so, learn. And it's so, so go fascinating. watch it. Yes. Uh, that being said, watch us too. Can't watch us. We don't have a video component. Listen to us though, and find us on social media: Instagram, Facebook, and SoundCloud at the Buzzed Kill Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at the Buzzed Kill PC. Our Audible link is still live. If you guys want to go and get a thirty-day free trial, you get a free book. I'm sure there are lots of books about high strangeness. Go find one. Or Alistair It'll Crowley. Be, or, or any little, literally anything. Or aliens or whatever the hell. <laughs> I would not, I don't think that the secret cipher of the Euphonauts would make for a very good <laughs> audiobook. It'd be a real fun <laughs> listen. K6 8 
nine. So maybe don't look that 42. one up. <laughs> <laughs> maybe don't look that one up. But there, I'm sure, are a slew of books on this topic that you can find. Um, if or, you if you want to check that out, go to audibletrial.com slash the Buzzkill Podcast. Yes. And pick up your free 30-day trial plus a free book. And if you don't like it, cancel it. Keep the book. Come on. It's a hell of a deal. Come on. But um, anyway, that's um, that's going to do it. That's it. Hell year season two, baby. This was prob- This is our longest episode to date. This is the Congra- longest episode to date. Congratulations. We have, we have set records. <laughs> Congratulations <laughs> to the hell year crew. You guys are making us uh, lose most of our audience because yeah. nobody wants to listen to a podcast yeah, as yeah. long. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. All right. We'll, uh, we'll see you guys next week. No clue what we're doing yet, but uh, I guess you'll find out in a week. We'll figure it out. Jen might be here. Oh yeah, hopefully. So, so people actually like our show again. Yeah. So. Yeah, roommate Jen's gonna come back and All right. Well that's yeah. it. Cheers. Have a good night. Try to have a good night. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs>